Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 535 in the great Eddie Money with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. My money's always on Eddie Money. That's what I say. That's money well spent. Uh, it's going to be cloudy today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. Looking at 23 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, there's always a chance that you'll be listening to the show at the podcast level, not at the live level. Like, you might sleep in and say, oh, I'm not waking up early for that. Yeah. But I'll listen to it in my own time when I'm damn good and ready. The podcast brought to you by Marcot Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcot Ford in Holyoke. Uh, it is a very special month. I, uh, I can, I can talk about that more in detail. Okay. It's January. January? Yeah. We'll find out what that's all about. All right. Coming up after six. There may be some other surprises along the way, too. Yeah, like, uh, Jack Hanna shows up with a, with an animal. And then that, uh, and then Steve Irwin shows up with another animal. What is it? Two animal guests in a row. This what is amateur it? hour. Going to need a guest host. Mm. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. It's five thirty-six at Rock 102. Rock 102 is your home for New England Patriots football. Rock 102 Springfield's classic rock. It's five fifty and Forner. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Cloudy today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 23 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, there you go. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, that didn't take long. On the first day that Disney's 1928 short Steamboat Willie entered the public domain, a trailer dropped for a horror comedy film featuring none other than Mickey Mouse's The Killer. Mm. The synopsis for the film, called Mickey's Mousetrap, reads, It's Alex's 21st birthday, but she's stuck at the amusement arcade on a late shift, so her friends decide to surprise her. But a masked killer dressed as Mickey Mouse decides to play a game of his own with them, which she must survive. Walt Disney and Jiminy Cricket are rolling around in their graves right now. I don't know. Horrible, horrible thing to do. I think Walt had a pretty distorted sense of humor. And he probably would appreciate this. I don't know, Steve. I mean, this is his own uh, creation. I mean, whether he rips somebody off or not is uh, hardly the issue. I don't know. I got a real problem. So I don't. I don't understand that. Uh, how long does so- something has to be in domain for? Like seventy-five years it's, or something it's like 75 that. Seventy-five years yeah. in the in uh, where it's protected, and then after seventy-five years. Then it becomes public domain. Gotcha. That's why they were filing lawsuits all these years going, you can't use our likeness. You can't use the mouse ears. You can't use any of that stuff. Which, you know, consider they still use Mickey Mouse, the image, and, and all their marketing. I'm surprised they weren't able to prevent this. It's Disney. They've got more money than anybody else. Well, maybe uh, maybe there's some things that the money can't buy. I guess. Which is uh, ultimate protection. Uh, rapper, uh, what's his name? Uh, Boozy Badass. You know Boozy Badass. I celebrate his entire catalog. He uh, isn't about to start the letterboxed account if the public backlash to his review of The Color Purple is indi- any indication. 
I had to walk out of this color purple movie, and uh, two other older couples also walked out because I had my little girls with me, the 41-year-old Boozy wrote on X via t- on Tuesday. The controversial rapper who has a history of holding anti-LGBTQIA uh, views uh, subject, uh, uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, objected to the relationship between Fantisa Barino and uh, Tarij Henson in the 2023 cinematic adap- adaptation of The Color Purple. Uh, it seemed like a rainbow love story, good acting, but whoever wrote the script is pushing that narrative hard. And as a parent, I will not let my little girl watch this film, wrote Boozy. I know you're uh, quoting directly from Boozy, yeah. but uh, even he should know it's Fantasia Barino yeah. and Taraji B. Henson. Is that how you say it? Well, I assume that's you pronounce it that way by quoting him. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I can't read either. So, oh, I, I'm so, sorry. I thought you knew how to no. uh, pronounce their names, and you were just mispronouncing uh, their names based upon his quote. I would have spelled boozy b o o z y. It's b o o s i e. His real name is Torrance Ivy Hatch Jr. Well, just why not just go with that, Tori? Yeah, let's go with Tori. It worked for Tori Spelling. She's still, uh, yeah. yeah, quite popular. So he's got a real problem with this whole, uh, you know, the color purple and uh, lesbian love scenes going on on the on the film. He didn't specify which daughters he had with him. He does share eight children with six women. I really, I, I'm always fascinated by people's belief systems. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, I can't watch this lesbian sex in front of my kids that I've had from six <laughs> different mothers. I'll- <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is disgusting. Yeah, I'm gonna go back home and perform unprotected sex with random women I don't even know. Yeah, at least six of them. It's, I don't, I don't understand people <laughs> when they complain about things. Uh, boozy, nobody gives a f. You walked out. These are people like going back at them. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, keep your mouth shut, boozy. Boozy, boozy. Well, I guess uh, you know. Now, if he had laid off the boozy, would he have uh, even made the statement on X? He, I, I, I'm, I'm so tired of calling it X. Maybe, well, actually, the way it's going, it's probably not going to be anything uh, anytime soon. Yeah, it'll be Did E-X. you see how much he lost on that thing? He's losing his shirt. He's losing his shirt, but he, it doesn't matter to him because somebody was putting it in perspective uh, that Elon Musk, even if he lost, like, a million dollars a day, he'd still have X amount of billion dollars by the time it was yeah. all said and done. So, I don't know. But it only takes, like, one great loss to hear the the, the, the plug being pulled out of the tub. I, I, I got off of it because all of it, it just started turning into, like, a bunch of ads and, and like... I don't use it anymore either. And the fake video... Remember we were talking yesterday about the fake videos? Mm-hmm. The fake videos are advertisements are being advertised on X with a with a thing that says this might not be true. And I'm like, well, <laughs> so you're getting ad revenue from these uh, places just to get ad revenue and then you're... And advertisers are spending the money. Yeah. That's the amazing part about it. In, uh, in spite of the fact there's no integrity whatsoever left to Twitter. Right. Uh, Ian Ziering was attacked by a group of mini bike riders in traffic in L.A. on Sunday with his daughter in the car. He says, quote, I urge city officials and law enforcement to take decisive action against such lawlessness and provide the necessary resources to prevent future occurrences. I guess that's uh, pretty scary when you're surrounded, your car is surrounded by dirt bike oh, riders. Yeah. Especially, but, you, but, but if you were him, 
don't you think you say, hey, it's me, it's Steve from Beverly Hills 90120. I don't think they care. Remember the me and the Peach Pit with no Jason Priestley and uh, Shannon Doherty? I, I'm going to take a wild guess and say your average dirt bike rider has never seen one episode of 90210. Really? Or anything that Ian Ziering has ever been in. Have we really gotten yeah. that far past... The 80s? I think we have. Paula Abdul is suing American Idol and So You Think You Can Dance producer Nigel Lithgow for allegedly sexually assaulting her twice back when she worked with him on the shows. He, of course, denies all that, uh, but it'll be interesting uh, to see how that plays out. Mm. And Kim Kardashian uh, fans are wondering if their favorite A-lister got a breast enlargement after she released some Instagram pics from a Christmas Eve party that show her cleavage cleavage spilling out over the top of her gown. Really? Mm-hmm. Just that's something to say. Oh my God, the last time I had this much spill out was when Ray J Bolognese basted my panty squatch in that sex tape you can purchase <laughs> on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. You ever have Bolognese? <laughs> not, from, not from that area. Uh, Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but we once again had a romantic stay-at-home weekend of some movies and music. First, we watched Gulp Fiction. <laughs> I believe that's a Tarantino flick. <laughs> then we watched the adventure film Womb Raider. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Well, last but certainly not least, the last movie we watched was Big Trouble in Little Gina, starring Spurt Russell. <laughs> I believe he's from Springfield, Massachusetts, <laughs> by the way. Originally, sure. <laughs> and finally, after a shower and some Gatorade, it was time to get some stanky on the hang low and cap the weekend off by throwing down to the classic blues music of none other than Mr. <laughs> Splat's Domino. <laughs> Do you ever listen to Splat's Domino? Yes, I'm a big fan has a lot to do with blueberries, but no hills. <laughs> and that is your Hollywood trash at Rock 102. Oh, yeah. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, there is nothing more humiliating in sports than having your ass handed to you by an overwhelming foe. Oh, sure, there may be a couple of things that might seem worse, but at the end of the day, if you're an athlete and you've just been beaten down in a fashion that requires an immediate update to the record books, then you, my friend, will be carrying that sort of humiliation for possibly the rest of your athletic career and beyond. Get a load of this. Last night in women's basketball, the Grambling Lady Tigers pounded the living snot out of the College of Biblical Studies by the largest recorded margin in Division I women's college basketball history. The final score, 159-18. to 18. That's a difference of exactly 141 points. Now, not that Grambling is on the same competitive level as perhaps the once mighty Yukon Huskies, but can anyone say with any real confidence that they would have expected a closer game against the ladies of the College of Biblical Studies? I wouldn't have bet against it, but of course, I also wouldn't have taken Grambling with a point spread of 141 points. My question is this. When the score of the half was just 82-10 to 10, and you're the coach of the College of Biblical Studies, what do you say? Hey, maybe it's time to pick up the defense. What are you supposed to do? Pray for more points? I would think that any all-powerful, omnipotent deity worth his weight and salt is probably busy dealing with other things. Listen, I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters face tough 
tougher competition from the Washington Generals, whose sole purpose of their entire existence was to lose basketball games every single day. I mean, you're losing a game by 141 points. At what point do you start to question your decision to play for the College of Biblical Studies if there's not a chance in hell that your team is going to narrow the margin of victory? I'm sure there's a perfectly good Bible passage that could be applied in a situation like this, but even Mother Teresa would have gone through a sudden crisis in faith had she lived long enough to see the College of Biblical Studies lose the Grambling by 141 points. But hey, and never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, some people wait until after the first big storm to find out they need a bag of ice melt or a new shovel or what have you. Some people will go to Rocky's when the storm hits. And they're ready. What kind of person are you going to be? Winter Storm Headquarters before and after the storm. That's Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 610 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 23 right now in downtown Springfield. Do you know what month it is? January? It's January, everybody. Happy January. Happy January to you too, Steve. Yeah, January is the name someone came up with to encourage women to stop shaving, waxing, and plucking for the first month of the year to help normalize body hair on women. Ooh, it's uh, a fairly uh, new, but not a brand new thing. It debuted in 2019, so it's mm-hmm. the sixth year people have done it. Sixth, wait, sixth year? No, that's... What, 2019? 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, 20, I guess it is six years. Yeah, no kidding. Huh? Holy crap. Time goes by fast, doesn't it? Uh, so uh, this is like uh, like armpits, legs, uh, mustache. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your back. Yeah, the uh, the uh, my neck, my back. I can't. Yeah, I can't you, you don't, don't go any further than that. Uh, the official January Instagram account has over 40,000 followers. It says their goals include promoting self-confidence, challenging societal beauty standards, and creating a supportive community where people can share their journey. One of the founders says uh, dedicating a whole month to it is uh, liberating because it gets you thinking about the way you treat your body and why. This is like uh, No Shave November. Right. With the dudes growing the beards and the mustaches. This is, uh, I don't know if I want to see mutton chops on a lady, but... uh, I've seen some. I've seen it. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, big mutton chops on either side of her cheeks. A little goatee. Little soul patch. Mm, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. A, I like a gal with a good mustache. <laughs> That's a good look, man. That is a real good look. I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I guess, preferably, I prefer... Not so much hair, yeah, on a, on a female. But you know, I'm. It's not like you, you. You're attracted to what you're attracted to. It's sure. not like you know. You know, everybody's got a certain taste. Of there course, some Steve. dudes out there that want to see that. I know they want to be like, oh, I want to be. I want to live in a '70s porn film. You know, I got a buddy. I got a buddy who's <laughs> into this kind of thing. Listen, you know, I I suppose it's really all in the eye of the beholder. You know, really, I mean. You know, why are women shaving their hair in the first place? You mean the eye of the beer holder? That's the t-shirt I used to see on vacation. Yeah, I like Beauty that one. in the eye of the beer holder. Yeah, that's yeah, clever. That's, a good that's real clever. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like, uh, you have to ask, well, then, you know, why were women shaving in the first place? To uh, 
to accommodate a patriarchal society that dictates what's beautiful and what's not? You know, are men really the ones who should be judging this or or not? Uh, no, I'm saying that uh, and not believing a damn word that's coming out of my mouth because I prefer, you know, uh, at least a, a little bit of uh, trimming up. The, the only thing I, that I, I see an issue with is if you're uh, if you're naturally like shaving all the time. Yes. And then all of a sudden you stop for a month. You're going to look like Sasquatch by the end of the month and you're going to have to get a bigger set of clippers. Oh, I know. Because you can't just shave that off with a razor. You got to oh. like get that cut it down. Well, Mow it, it down. I mean, when you when you when you shave it off, it comes in thicker. Yeah, over the past six years, this period has been. Uh, and that's no, it's not just an old wives' tale. It's not an old wives' tale. Look I at me! Look, look at me! Look at me! I'm hideous. <laughs> uh, an initiative challenging women to put down their razors for the month, despite its name. The message is evergreen in the campaign's official Instagram account, which has over forty thousand followers. Posts images of women celebrating their body hair year round, in a bid to normalize it. Yeah. January, January is liberating because it gets you thinking about the way you treat your body and why. That's uh, founder Laura Jackson, uh, who told the British newspaper The Metro back in 2021. Maybe soon we'll be at a point where people can just do what they want in relation to body hair, and we won't even need to talk about it. That would be something. I was ready to not talk about it before we started talking about it. All right. So they get this picture of this beautiful, beautiful lady. Yeah. Beautiful lady. Uh-huh. And then you scroll down, and she's got chest hair. Listen again. You know who who are any of us to say what is uh, you know what what one man's trash is another man's come up. I guess so. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I uh, really want to lay down the bearskin rug over. Uh... Well, listen. A lot of women. Yeah, and it's no fault of their own. Could be any number of reasons why yeah. uh, hormonally they're sprouting more hair than say uh, a dude like me. Because I'm hairy, high and low. Don't ask me why, because I don't know. Yeah, but you're a dude. Yeah, I'm a dude, but there are you know there are, are women who are just as hairy as men, but they they groom themselves. Yeah, yeah. grooming is, is one thing too. Like yeah. you know you can like, that's what I was talking about. I don't really mind if you have a little. I don't know about the chest hair though. That that, that, that kind of weirds me out. But uh, let's say you have a little uh, extra thicket. In the blueberry patch, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Little, uh, going through, you gotta at least uh, cut, trim back the, the, the trees. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you no, gotta, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, it listen, as a, as a hairy fella myself, sometimes I find that uh, it really does kind of get in the way. It gets all knotted up and uh, you know all matted down, but, and you know I gotta, but I, you know, I still do what I can to you know make myself presentable. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. You groom, at least. I mean, imagine if you didn't groom, you'd have, like, troll dolls growing out of your ear, ears. Listen, I got so much back hair. Nose. I got so much hair on my back, you could put it up in a bun. You uh, you go to that uh, that barber that uh, that I went to. Tony's a, famous. A, a while right ago. here in town. Right. Did she ever do the nose hair wax to you? It, I insist upon it every single time. I, uh, I need to go back there because uh, that is like... They pull the two sticks out of your nose, and it looks like two troll dolls just came off. The it looks stick. like it yeah. looks like a couple of porcupines that just come yeah. out of your head. Yeah. Uh, while there's evidence of ancient Egyptians, Romans, and Renaissance era Europeans practicing hair removal, the status quo for women in the West, namely that hairless, hairy, uh, I'm sorry, hairless underarms, legs, bikini lines, and upper lips are more socially acceptable, 
came about uh, after the men of World War I returned home with disposable safety razors, only for women to experiment with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that so? You're using a tool that a man should be in charge of? The, 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 the war to end all wars right there, Steve. What? Uh, who's going to be shaving when we get back? <laughs> yes, who's who's going to be behind, the, behind the, the trench warfare in that one? You know, uh, let's see. When, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, 20 million deaths in World War One. 20 million deaths, and we fought to make women shave. It was all worth it. Totally worth it. It was totally worth getting that out there. Listen, and- it, it may have it may have all started after the uh, after the assassination in Austria, but after all <laughs> was said and done, there was some peacetime in between the big wars. Oh yeah, peace. Yeah. Now you have to ask, uh, you know, why is it okay for a dude to be loaded with hair, but yet society uh, society dictates that it's not. Yeah, socially acceptable for a woman to go uh, to go without shaving. Well, we can blame the veterans of World War One for doing this. You know, the next time uh, you and I are getting blitzed at a at a VFW hall, let's bring that up and see how how that flies. Yeah, all you sons of bitches out there that brought your razors back. <laughs> uh, fashions were changing too, with garments that revealed more skin coming into vogue, sleeveless tops that revealed the underarm, for for instance, and higher hemlines that showed more of the wearer's legs. Mm-hmm. Razor manufacturer Gillette saw a golden opportunity, and in 1915 launched the Milady Decolette. Decolette. What is that? It was a it was a razor, a razor. for women. Yeah. Various advertisements from the time uh, bill it as the well-groomed woman's solution to an embarrassing personal problem. So it was basically advertisers who came up with the idea going, you really want to look like that for your man? Right. You know, uh, because I have been uh, blessed to uh, look like a primate half the time with all the body hair I have, you know, there yeah. are times when I, when I wonder, you know, what would I, how would I uh, fare if I just removed it all, and you know, the, the and the problem is, I'd feel like a I'd just been in an industrial accident, like there, there, like something, you know, something like I was like living at, in in Love yeah. Canal in New York, and, Did, and all of a sudden everything was just like falling off of me. I can't remember the name of the movie. It was it was recent. It was uh, Matt Damon gets miniaturized. Uh-huh. Into it. Do you ever do you ever hear this? Uh, he gets miniaturized into a new life. I don't uh, know. Yeah, like you you basically you sell all your stuff off and then you get miniaturized to go into this little neighborhood. It was one of these like dumb stupid movies that he was in most of them. Uh, but he, it it was one of these things where they shaved him from head to toe. Really? And he looked he I mean you could tell he was Matt Damon, but there was something weird about like him. Like a bizarro like, yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, like no hair. Like, even Ben Affleck wouldn't have claimed him. Right. And every other person that went through this transformation process in the movie looked exactly like him. You know, the weird thing about it is, and I, and I don't mean to, for this to sound strange, ever see a bald woman? Yeah. Bald. Like bald, no hair bald, or bald like- No hair bald. Like, yeah. like a bald coconut. You don't see too many of them. You don't? No. On the other hand, when you see it, like, going, huh. Ain't that a kick in the pants? I mean, some women look. I don't. Really, I don't think that's a a terrible look at all. There's some women that actually look pretty good with like you know a shaved look. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to describe that. Jada Pinkett Smith. 
There's a beautiful woman who's bald. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I'd take a few slaps to the face for her. Yeah, but you know what? She's crazy. Aren't they she all, though? She sleeps with your son's friends. All right, well, yeah, there is that. But uh, nevertheless, she's a beautiful woman, and, and she's uh, very uh, high and tight in the head. Yeah, they're saying uh, this Brianna Foz, a professor of women and gender studies at Arizona State, said uh, it was a very conscious decision by Gillette to aggressively expand their market to women. Back at that, you know, back in that time, the marketing coincided with the rise of fashion photography and magazines that meant images of new beauty standards spread like wildfire. I can see. Okay, sure. It, it was all basically a pop culture thing, right? Done by corporations. You know, <laughs> hey, you know what? You need to get rid of all that hair on there. You know what? We got a new concept. We're gonna try to spread this in certain communities. It's called manscaping. Yeah, manscaping. We can we can uh, have like new razors, new implements, new uh, balm salves, lubes, and creams. In uh, in 2021, a study by market research company YouGov found 59 percent of Britons considered female armpit hair unattractive. You're talking about people who can't even take care of their teeth, telling you that uh, underarm hair is yeah. unattractive. But look at the French. The French don't. Sh- the French ladies don't shave their armpits. And yet, uh, but they groom. That's they the, they groom in other yeah, ways. Right. I mean, they're all well put together, but they're you know, they're uh, they're hairy. Research also found that attitudes were generational, with younger people less likely to find the female body or facial hair unattractive, and younger women in particular more accepting of female body hair. Mm. Well, this is the month. If you decide that uh, one day, you know, maybe you've been going, uh, maybe you've been going bald. If you know what I mean, yeah. For all this time, this is your month. January is when you can just all let it grow in. Let it, let it, let it fly. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. And we'll see you at the men's club at the end of the month. <laughs> it's six twenty-two at Rock One Hundred Two. Find Rock at six twenty-eight and ZZ Top with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. Uh, Dan Brown can give you the forecast because he's really, 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 really good at it. Really and, good. And excited to give it to you. That's uh, that's the one thing you can say about that's it. That's the thing. Do you want to laugh? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, all right, let's laugh. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh? Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. Hey, did you know uh, that you can now pay for OnlyFans by sending pasta? No, I had no idea. Yeah, it's a penne for your thoughts. Get it? Thoughts, <laughs> penne, all that stuff. Oh, man, I love this stuff. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western... 632 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Emergency crews in South Deerfield responded to a fire on Tuesday... Evening. According to the Deerfield Fire Department, around 6 p.m., firefighters were on scene for reports of a chimney fire on Gramaki Avenue. When, uh, when uh, crews arrived, they worked from the inside of the home and rooftop to extinguish the fire. The house was uh, checked for any possibilities of extension, but uh, looks like everybody made it out there okay. So. That's good. Uh uh, after nearly four years as MGM Springfield's president uh, and CEO, Chris Kelly will be stepping down from the position. According to information from MGM Springfield spokesperson Beth Ward, Kelly is moving out west so he can spend more time with his family. She said that Louis Theros has taken over Kelly's position. A formal announcement is expected later this week. 
Kelly was named president and CEO of MGM in uh, Springfield in uh, January of 2020 before taking the top job in Springfield. Kelly also served as uh, president and COO of MGM North Park in Ohio, Northfield Park in Ohio. Mm. So, uh, you know what? Uh, he's a great guy, and uh, he still is a great guy. He's just not going to be with us any, any longer. But uh, we, He's now we, the former great guy. I mean, he's a great guy, but the formerly here. We, uh, we appreciate uh, all the uh, things that he's helped us with. Uh, especially for the Mayflower Marathon and the Open Pantry and, Without a and doubt. all that stuff. And uh, he will persevere. He will move to the West Coast. He will be closer to his family. You know, if he ever mm. decides to get out of the, uh, the casino biz, yeah. I mean, I can see the guy uh, transitioning smoothly into uh, public service. He could be a speech writer. No, he's a speech giver. I think he's got. Uh, I, I think he's got that patter down. That yeah. uh, the the right intonation. He's Kennedy esque in a way. Yes. I mean, not the not the like the the the, the successful ones. I'm talking about you know some of the, the lower tier Kennedys. Yeah, like uh, like RFK Jr. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's probably not uh, you know a JFK or you know, maybe even a Ted Kennedy yeah. or uh, or. Uh, um, Mitch Kennedy. Yes. The unknown Kennedy. Right. Yeah. Makes great speeches. You just never hear about it. He's the youngest of all the Kennedys, watched everybody else make the mistakes, and now he's not going to make the mistakes anymore. No, because he's learned yeah, He's learned right. the lessons of the family uh, of the family history. Well, good luck to uh, to Chris Kelly out there. And uh, this guy, who, who was apparently the former mayor of um, uh, Gross Point Farms, Michigan. That happens to be the uh, the town that this uh, company is yeah. based out of, and he's uh, he's originally from Detroit. This uh, Louis Theros guy, looking good, Louis. Looking good, Louis. Right out of the Motor City, uh, the Motor City suburbs. How far away is Gross? Isn't that where our company is? Yeah, is Gross Point? It's Gross Point. Yeah, and, and how far is Gross Point away from Detroit? It's it's a it's a Detroit suburb. I don't know the exact distance, but uh, yeah. So it's fairly close. You if you live get in, to it within if, 40 minutes, right? If you live in Gross Point, mm -hmm. you do everything you can not to go into the city of Detroit. What's wrong with Detroit? I heard it's lovely there most times of the year. Who told you that? People. Really? Yeah. Are they reliable? No. Can they be trusted? No. Seems to me they're nothing but liars. Big, fat, bald-faced liars. Uh, Agawam Mayor Christopher Johnson was sworn in on Tuesday. Evening. Evening. It's a role Johnson's familiar with. He served as Agawam's uh, first mayor from 1989 to 2000. Maybe I'll get my name on a school building too. You know what? what? It's been 24 years since the last. It's really it's been 24 years since yeah. he uh, was the the mayor last yeah. time. Uh, he's the Charlie Ryan of Agawam. Going back. Going back. Re reclaiming his territory. Do you know why a lot of these guys do this? Because they're bored. No, it's uh, it's to get the um, you get a state pension if you serve like ten years. So if you serve ten years of time, yeah. you're now eligible for a, like a state pension. Well, how which, long did he serve the first time? Eighty nine to two thousand. So I guess he's already got. But I guess already got more, it. But the more years you put in, the more, isn't it the more money you get? I, I don't, don't know how that whole thing. I works. don't know. I don't know. I mean, he was a fine mayor the first time out. Yeah. Uh, Western Mass News spoke with Mayor Johnson at the ceremony, and they told he told them 
The biggest issue facing Agawam this year is whether or not to build a new high school. And whose name is going to go on it? Am I right, Yeah, the Christopher Uh, Johnson High School. Babe, wouldn't that be a big Johnson High School that we could have there? Johnson High. Johnson High. Big, giant, flappy doors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the, The Johnson Brownies. We're in the uh, mass school building authority process. We just got approval to begin the preparation of the designs, but ultimately it's going to be the people of Agawam as to whether they want to approve a new high school. Uh, It's going to be the largest capital in our history, but I believe in my humble opinion it is long overdue and my name should be on it. He didn't actually mention that his name should be on it. No, but but think about the guy who was just left before you. That guy, uh, Sapelli. You know, he had uh, he he was wasn't he like a mayor like two times or something, yeah, whatever it yeah. was, whatever the history of the guy was. And then but he, he was in education for years, right? But he also got his name put on the building, so this guy could do the same thing. Like if you're the next guy and you're like, wait a minute, I was mayor of this town from mm-hmm. 1989 to 2000. That's a good long damn time. Oh, and I know. Now I'm the mayor again. I think we need to make some changes around here. You know, I I. Uh... I mean, I know I've been in town for a while now. I, I get it. But uh, if there's any question about whether I want something named after me, the answer is going to be no. Yeah. I don't need anything named after me because I, I just don't require that. You, like Richie Neal. Mm-hmm. He's got the DPW building named after him. Yeah. Now, I don't think he's ever served any time working on potholes. I don't I don't think you don't he's... Th- you don't think Richie Neal did that? He I don't think uh, he, he plows in the wintertime. I don't know. I could see Richie uh, standing around one guy doing all the work and telling him what to do. Yeah, that's I, Congress. Well, but that's that's also the same thing as a DPW. Yeah, he's also got that uh, that wellness center named after him on Main Street. So if you ever feel sick, Richie Neal may be the only guy to make you feel good. We should uh, we should just start naming random things around here. Yeah. You know, like uh, the Mike Baxendale School for the Gifted. <laughs> That's the worst idea I've ever heard. Uh, yeah. I, why Why not just put our names on things? W- wouldn't you like to see the Nagel Federal Courthouse downtown Springfield as opposed to the Richie Neal Federal Courthouse? The irony of it is quite, uh, quite astounding, yes. It would be. I think it would be nice. We need to name something after us. I think that would be. Maybe one of the potholes that Richie Neal and the other DPW guys sat around uh, filling. Yeah, the, we could get a pothole named the, after us. The Baxenagel pothole. I think we, I think we could do that. I think we could get Dom Dom in to, to declare a declaration yeah. in the city uh, saying that this pothole was named after these two uh, these two uh, dips too. Well, listen, I, I, if they're gonna put both of our names on it, okay. But if it's just mine, I don't I don't need that. I, I, I don't I don't want that kind of uh, you don't no wouldn't why wouldn't you want your name on something that's kind of cool that's why these guys do it because it's uh, BDE by the time big DPW right. energy by the time anyone gets around to naming something after me yeah I'll be dead so I won't even get a chance to appreciate it and even if they do it while I'm still alive I'll be too old to really appreciate it you think so yeah like the the Baxendale Athletic Center what about that's the, a that's a poorly thought up uh, idea. Look, if somebody buys that old Mingles building, they should call it the Steve Nagel. Uh, 
the Steve Nagel Health Clinic. <laughs> We'll turn it into one of those, uh, like yeah. like a uh, med express yeah. or something. It should it's be called a health. It should be a health center because there's been all kinds of diseases going in and out of that place. Yeah, there's all kind of bacteria growing in there. Petri dishes full, just like overflowing <laughs> with cauliflower-like oh. substances. <laughs> it's gross. Uh, yeah, but if your last name was Johnson. You get a big Johnson building name. That's right. You. That's well, right. You know, how about the uh, Six Flags? Six Flags over Johnson. <laughs> That's what it should be called. That's a great idea. I, I think that would be, uh, what else is over there in Agawam? What well, there's the, there? there's the Big E when you just call it the Big Johnson. Yeah, the Big Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not really an Agawam. Well, the back part of the it back, is. Yeah. One, well, uh, one yeah. side of it is yeah, the Big Johnson. Well, you want to get the Big Johnson in the back side of the Big E. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, the Big J. That's what it's going to be called. <laughs> Who wants some of this? Um, There was a story here uh, that I was looking at. Oh, yeah, this guy. Uh a 57-year-old pastor in North Carolina named Dwayne Waden was arrested last week after he assaulted someone who was working with his wife at McDonald's. His wife was training to become a manager, but she felt like the other employees were, quote, disrespecting her, so she called him to complain. Pastor Dwayne immediately drove down to the McDonald's, walked behind the counter, put his hands around the neck of one of the coworkers. He punched the victim in the face multiple times and then pushed their head toward one of the deep fryers. Ooh. That's when the uh, other employees jumped in and pulled them apart. Uh, the victim was hospitalized with minor injuries like cuts and bruises. Pastor Dwayne was charged with assault and battery. Hmm. He's probably not an effective pastor. No. I mean, if you're about to put someone's head in a deep fryer. This is called the Mick A-hole. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know of any verse in the Bible that uh, suggests that that's a good idea. You trying to put your special sauce all over my wife? Shove you right in the deep fry. <laughs> you shake the basket after five minutes. And turn it. Anyhow, I used to I used to work at a McDonald's. Did you I, really? When I was uh, when I was sixteen years old, I used to eat at a McDonald's when I was sixteen years old. Yeah, I made four dollars and twenty five cents. I month. would spend four dollars and twenty five cents when I was there. Would you? Yeah, I would have paid for a full hour of work. Yeah, four four dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Uh, and we had this we had this guy. You're in the middle of upstate New York. It's a very, um, he was very racist, like a very racist person mm -hmm. and would sit like the first day he said something that was like, I'm like, that's a line from a movie and you shouldn't be using that. Like I'm thinking to myself, but right. hey, you let these people go on. But, uh, that was a, that was a, that was a really bad job to have. It wasn't very fun. It was. I mean, it was like it, the cleaning and all the things that you have to do. But that's like, true of any restaurant. Yeah, but there's something about the McDonald's that just uh, it makes you look at the food a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Well, did you ever have a visit from a Ronald McDonald's uh, clown? Mm, I don't. Maybe we did. I don't know. Well, see, that would have added a lot of fun to the day, wouldn't it? Might not have been when I was there. What about but... Grimace or uh, Mayor McCheese? No, it wasn't one of those Playland ones. It wasn't uh, like nah. the Happy Go. You know, they don't do bir do they do birthday parties at McDonald's anymore? I don't know of anyone that's had a birthday party at McDonald's. Well, you remember they used to be set up. I, I just saw this recently too. This meme going around of how the design of McDonald's has changed over the years. And you're talking about the, the ones from the '80s. Remember they had the Hamburglar and all the like all the characters in the restaurant. I do like little statues. 
Well, now they don't do that anymore. It's not really like a kid playland type of place when you go in there. Matter not anymore, no. Matter of fact, they got rid of the one in Westfield uh, about, I don't know, six, seven years ago. Really? Yeah, oh. the play the play thing, and they redesigned oh, it. But it's still they, a McDonald's. Yeah, it's still a McDonald's, but it's all it's like the redesigned modern-ish with the touch screens and all mm. that other stuff. But it's uh, it's not the same. We should we should have a we should have a we should do the anniversary party for this show at a McDonald's. That's a great idea. Mayor invite Mayor McCheese to give us a dec uh, a declaration <laughs> of the city. Maybe yeah. get that Johnson guy from Agawam. Yeah, that, over perfect. Someplace. Yeah, perfect right. idea. How about the Mick Johnson? Yeah, yeah there you I go. like that. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be cloudy with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 23 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 652 in Metallica with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 23 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102 has been giving you New England Patriot football all season long, and for that, we would like to apologize. Sunday, January 7th, the Patriots wrap up their uh, regular season, this time against the New York Jets. The live pregame coverage begins at 10 with the kickoff schedule for 1 o'clock. Bob Soshi and Scott Zolak will bring all the play-by-play action. Uh, Zolak will be uh, joining us uh, tomorrow. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. Uh, one more game, thank God. Oh, man. One more game. It's like, who are you going to, who, who do you, what's your prediction? Who do you think is going to win? Uh, my prediction is we all win when the regular season for the Patriots <laughs> ends. I don't, you know, there's a lot of people on Christmas Eve who bet against the Patriots and then they lost. I, it almost seems like it's fixed that way. Like it's like, it, all right, who's got uh, more money to lose here? The betters? Well, or the, you know what I mean? I, I, I hate to say that never happens because, you know, from time to time it has happened. Dude, where the, It uh, always happens. But, uh, you know, I, I would like to delude myself into believing that uh, that's, you know, a rarity. Professional sports is basically run by bookies. Uh, all the, Listen, if, if it wasn't in their favor, they wouldn't be in the business of sports gambling. Mm-hmm. You telling me that you, the sports gambling is a profitable business just by going by chance about something? Oh no, I'm sure there's yeah. a there's much more aggressive strategies than that. But uh, even still, you know, you're Bob Kraft. You get six billion dollars in your back pocket. Yeah, that's not enough to uh, to circumvent the power of bookies. I don't know. Who's yeah? Well, I don't know. Whatever. It's all fixed. It's all a big game. I, I'm just. I'm one listen, of those listen to you being so cynical. Nah, I'm one of those old grumpy old men who sits <laughs> on the couch and complains about everything. Hey, uh, uh, speaking of which, I um, uh, I had some comedy. I have some comedy coming up. I've been really getting back into this uh, this thing. I'd say you're 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 going at it hard. Well, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's hard to do. It's hard to. You know, I've been doing it for 20 years, but I don't think I really started developing material up until about maybe five years ago. Like, you know, adding more stuff in because I never got more time. You know, you're only working on, you know, five or ten minutes. You got this show to deal mm -hmm. with. You're not really, you know, working on it. But, but now, you know, kind of using a lot of stuff that we do here, eh, I've turned it into uh, extended bits. The things that you wouldn't be able to hear here, you know, like a uncouth uh, type of subjects. Things like foul that. language. Foul language. So uh, potty as I, talk. As I've been getting back more into this, I, uh, I, I, obviously, am running a show. I'm doing a show on January 20th, 
at the uh, the Westfield Elks Lodge, which is a really I, if you could come out to that show, that would be great. There's a Venmo thing on my on my Facebook page and my Instagram, but I I had a poster made uh, by a guy who who does a really who does really great work uh, for the posters, the yeah. comedy posters. It was a guy that uh, Marty recommended to me. And uh, he put this great poster together for this comedy night fundraiser at at the Elks Club in Westfield, and it looks pretty professional. You saw sure. it, right? Yeah. The only thing is, I don't have any updated headshots, and I've lost like seventy one pounds in the last year and a half. Thank you, Mister Tapeworm. No, it's more of the Peloton. Uh, oh, it's that uh, British chick going one more juicy push, love, one more, and then the tapeworm, and then the tapeworm. Uh, so the the headshot I used, or the the body shot I used for this particular poster, still mm-hmm. shows me about seventy one pounds ago. And people have been coming up to me going, "You really need to change that picture because you don't look anything like what I mean. You look a little bit like that person. You look like you, Steve Nagel, but you no longer look like Steve Nagel. Like I don't look like two Steve Nagels. That's kind of right. how uh, you know you're I, Steve Nagel light." I am, I am Steve Nagelite, and uh, but I don't like. I still see myself as that person. You know what I mean? Like it's weird to to put your if you've been living a certain way your oh, entire yeah. life and a per, per, perception your whole life. That's the way you just kind of see yourself. So I really didn't see any problem with it, you know, putting it up. Uh, but there's another show that I'm doing with uh, with Rafi Gonzalez, very funny guy, very funny. Um, that's going to be in February at the White Lion Brew. It's a sun, it's a fundraiser show. It's for the uh, Boston's uh, Children's Hospital. Oh, very cool. And uh, we'll have somebody in here to talk about that la- later on the, in the month. Uh, but they they picked the picture of me in the tuxedo from the Bright Nights Ball and put it on the poster, which is about fifteen pounds ago. Yeah, and I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking maybe I should use that picture for every comedy poster that I do. Dude, I would wear that tux for everything, and and use that picture for every publicity shot. Do you think I should wear a tux on stage during doing these comedy shows? Yes, I think you should do it. Put a tux on stage. I think you should wear a tux getting your uh, like a new Costco card. I think you should put the tux wearing like a you know, new driver's license. Yeah. Absolutely. You should have like four or five tuxes ready to go. No, I only got one because they're expensive. They're like $450 for at least one. Yeah, but it yeah. but it automatically makes you look so much more sophisticated and much more like a mater d. Well, you like know you what? should be like when you go to White Lion for that show, it looks like you should be like seating people. Yeah. Um I I will do the tux. I think I will do the tux thing here. What the hell? Why not? Yeah, can Do you it. imagine you, you, you get a nice looking guy in a tuxedo and then all of a sudden you start coming out with these horrible things out of my mouth? I think that would be fantastic. It's it, it would be everything no it would be everything that nobody would expect out of you. Putting the ass in class. That's it. That's exactly that, what I'm gonna do. There you go. There you go. It's six fifty nine with Pax and Nagel at Rockwood O two. Attention football know it all. You think you know, but you don't. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, by all accounts, the New England Patriots are a horrible football team. They not only been eliminated from the playoffs, they did it with a record of four wins and 12 losses. They have the very worst record in the AFC Conference. Just dreadful. 
But if there's ever a silver lining in this largely disastrous professional football season, it is this. At least they're not as bad as the Carolina Panthers. Who, you ask? The Carolina Panthers not only have the worst record in the NFC Conference, they have the worst record in the entire NFL with just two wins and 14 losses. Mathematically speaking, they won only half as many games as the Patriots, which would seem almost impossible to do. So how bad has the Carolina organization been? Uh, Well, I think their season can be summed up by the $300,000 fine that was just levied against their owner, David Tepper. Tepper was fined yesterday after he was seen on video tossing a beer at Jacksonville fans from his open-air luxury suite on Sunday during Carolina's 26-0 road loss to the Jaguars. Now, I ask you, in today's difficult economy, who has the sort of money to just indiscriminately waste valuable alcoholic drinks like this? Jacksonville's Everbank Stadium happens to have the second-highest beer prices in the NFL at $11.50 per cup, exactly a dollar more than what you get charged at Gillette Stadium, where you're likely to see twice as many wins. Wasting costly beverages by throwing your drink at opposing fans not only shows a staggering lack of integrity, but an appalling lack of financial responsibility. Of course, I should point out that David Tepper is the second richest owner in the NFL with an estimated net worth of more than $20 billion. But let me tell you something, mister. Your net worth just dropped by $300,000 because apparently someone doesn't know how to hold his alcohol. The very alcohol that cost everybody else $11.50 to enjoy. And you want to manage hedge funds for a living? Seems like somebody needs an emergency economics lesson because clearly the only thing he understands is how to waste perfectly good alcohol and how to field an underachieving football team. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Where would you go for a snow thrower? I would go to Rocky's. Aaron's the king of snow. Ego, the battery-powered badass, plus craftsman. Rocky's Ace Hardware is your winter storm headquarters before and after the storm. And Rocky's where you want to go for good storm-fighting equipment. I'm Bax. That's my view from the Classic Rock at 713 and Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Cloudy with a high of 38 today, sunny with a high of 38 tomorrow. It's 23 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm lucky in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I've uh, I've probably uh, reached my luck potential throughout the, my entire life. Yeah. But the one thing that I cannot have any sense of luck at, at all is, uh, is scratch tickets. Mm-hmm. I, I can, my wife likes scratching the scratch tickets. So I'll come home, we'll give her a couple of scratch tickets that makes her happy. If I buy the tickets, they ain't going to win. She buys the tickets, she always wins. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even know why I'm wasting my cash doing it. Now, if I'm buying like a $5 ticket, I can guarantee it's a $5 loss on my part every single time. There's a new $50 scratch lottery ticket being released by uh, the Mass uh, State Lottery next month. This is on no, top. It, it's been out. For a year, no. There's a new one a new coming one. out in February. Uh, oh, I got you. This I will now you. be their their second fifty dollar scratch ticket. Uh, this was confirmed by uh, Mass Live yesterday. The new ticket will be the lottery's second installment of a fifty dollar scratch ticket, and comes a year after its highly successful billion dollar extravaganza scratch tickets were released in February of last year. The billion dollar extravaganza was the best selling lottery ticket in in state history. And across the United States in 2023. Mm-hmm. Number one best-selling ticket, the $50 scratch ticket. The new one is going to be called Lifetime Millions. And the top prize, a million dollars a year for life. 
Uh, it'll also offer lower tier prizes valued at two million dollars and one million dollars. Who wants those? Uh, similar components of the billion dollar extravaganza will be present in Lifetime Millions, including each winning ticket's minimum prize of a hundred bucks and an eighty-two percent prize payout. The game's play structure oh. and its ten dollars second chance drawings. All right, you and I were just talking about that off the air. Even like they say, the chances are like one in three. But a win, at least at least this is you're winning more than what the face value of the ticket is. If you pay fifty dollars, the minimum win is a hundred. Right. But how much are you going to spend to get there? Listen, for all the, I've been playing scratch tickets and lotteries and gambling for years. I don't think that even with all the wins that I've had, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm anywhere near getting back what I've put oh, into no. it. No, it it rarely happens yeah. when someone is ahead on the, on the scratch ticket world. You know what I get ticked off about is these people who win like ten million dollars and they're like, "Oh yeah," and they had a win back of two million back in two thousand, yeah, like twenty years ago. I'm but like, those, well, how do you get so lucky? Well, because they're playing all the time. And, a, and I bet a, you took the two million dollars and probably spent it back into the lottery. <laughs> yeah. right. Two million dollars, yeah. about two million dollars worth of scratch tickets. Because yeah. now he's feeling really lucky. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, you know, I, uh, I like to chase the dream as much as anybody else. But how long can you sustain yourself on fifty dollar bets? You know, twenty dollar tickets. Mm, that's more of the speed. I don't even. I see. I can't. I can't in my mind imagine spending fifty bucks on a scratch ticket. Ten dollars, maybe uh, about the most I'll do. But look how many people are doing it. It's not the most popular scratch ticket in the country for uh, no reason. People are buying them. See, whenever I hear that it's the most popular ticket in the state, I wonder sometimes whether that's real. Like, for example, if I say, is $5 million, I'm just throwing a number out there, is $5 million in sales of the $50 ticket the same as the number of tickets that were sold? So, so for example, if I spent fifty dollars on a ticket, yeah, I've automatically spent more dollars than the more dollars than the guy that spent the five dollar ticket, right? So they're inflating the are they inflating the statistics simply because people were spending more on those tickets, or were more tickets sold at fifty dollars? You see what I'm saying? The yeah, difference? I don't. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. So. Uh, if I if yeah. I spend money right. on a fifty dollar ticket, uh-huh. that's ten times more than the dude that spent only five dollars. So are you saying that there were more fifty dollar tickets sold than the five dollar ticket, or are you just saying you earned more money on the fifty dollar ticket yeah, probably, than the five dollar ticket? Probably earned more money. That's I kind of that, my point. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, when you hear statistics like that, I sometimes question. Well, wait a minute. What? Which of those two numbers are you counting? The number of units sold, the amount of money it earned. Well, either way, it's beneficial for them. Any, it's beneficial for the state. They of don't course, really, it they is. They don't really care about who's winning or who's. I wonder if you spent if you bought ten five dollar tickets, what your chances of winning something significant on that would be. I don't know. Obviously, there's no minimum of a hundred dollar win on a five dollar scratch ticket. But maybe you might win a hundred bucks if you bought ten five dollars tickets. I would be more than happy to win a million dollars a year for the rest of my life. Why I'd we... be more than happy to win a million dollars for the next five years of my life. You want to go in on one of these? Twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks, sure. All right. Well, why don't you give me twenty five bucks today? I'll run down to the uh, the pride station and get a ticket, and we'll bring it back here, and we'll do it.
Okay. And we'll we'll do a TikTok video of it. Of us losing of 50 us bucks. losing 50 Or in our case, 25 apiece. Right, 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 right. You want to do that? Sure. Let's do that after the show today. Sure. I'll run down and I'll go I'll go grab a, a ticket. Okay. And then uh, I'll scratch it while you're not there. And if it wins, then I'll buy another one. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, it's not a bad deal. Million dollars a year for No, life. hell no. But the but the thing is, uh, you know, for all the fear, because we were talking about this off the air too, for all the fear that uh, casinos were going to hurt the state lottery, like yeah. I, uh, when when casino gambling was was uh, approved by the voters, mm-hmm. everyone thought, oh boy, the state lottery, the most successful state lottery in, in America, they were really going to struggle. They were worried about it. Even the lottery people were like, oh, my God, this is gonna really going to hurt our sales. I've said from the beginning, you're talking about two different kinds of customers. I mean, there are some people that will never walk into a casino for, the, for their entire lives, but everybody's got to walk into a convenience yeah. store. And a lot of times, you're going to walk out with a couple of scratchies. I probably spent uh, $20 over the last two weeks on Powerball tickets <laughs> to try to win you know, right. $680 million, whatever it got up to, $800 million or something like that. I don't really concern myself with the app. You know, the, the Mass Lottery has an app that you can choose. And I don't know if you can actually buy tickets on that. I don't know. But I know that it, they make it a lot easier for you to check winnings, check tickets. Remember, like, Keno used to be... Keno used to be only in whatever place that... that Like a bar. Right. You could only play Keno at a bar, and you could only cash in a Keno ticket at a bar. At until, that bar. Until they started, well, but w- whatever bar had the Keno system. Right. But then the lottery got smart and said, hey, what, you know, why aren't we not selling this on the go? And that's why you have all these little convenience stores, some of them set up with TV screens and, and things like that for people to sit there and play Keno all day. I don't know how you do that. But people do. How? I don't how know. Do you sit, how do you sit? I don't sit want to sit in a, a convenience ca- store all day. It's not like, at least in a casino, you're, 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 there's other things going on. There's other things to look at. What are you looking at at a convenience store? Other people coming in to buy their cigarettes? You know, like, <laughs> I'm waiting for the numbers to come up. You know, but but at least now that they have the apps, you can check the tickets and you can scan the tickets too. I've seen yeah. that. I've seen people doing that before, scanning the tickets to see if they're winners or not. It makes a whole lot of sense. Now, in Connecticut, I know for a fact that they have, if you live in Connecticut, you can, you can their lottery website, you can play online games. like By scratching your phone? No, it's like, uh, it's yeah, well, you know, that gets real messy after a while. <laughs> you got to get that extra screen protector. Um, but they have games, like gambling games. Like you can, yeah. you can do uh, casino slot machines, stuff like that, and, and play and win, which is kind of dangerous. I think. Well, I think if you're going to be, because people are on their phone all day. I think if you're going to invest in a in a game like that, yeah, and using your phone to do it, yeah, I think there's a slight, slightly higher chance of developing a gambling addiction than say someone who doesn't use it on their phone. Yeah, it's easier if you don't have to get up and go anywhere. You can just sit there right on your couch and start uh, pumping hundreds of dollars into a casino game. I wonder how many people though. This is a guy. This is an interesting question because, and you'll never know the actual answer. But I wonder how many people are really addicted to the fifty dollar ticket, and they only play the fifty dollar ticket because of the possibility they'll win a million dollars a year for life. I want. I wonder whether this actually 
causes more gambling problems, or does even the the, the problem gambler said, "Yeah, I think I'll stick with the five and ten and see what happens." Right. Because I could still win a ton of money without losing all my money to get there. I don't know, but you know what? I'm going to get the twenty five bucks together. You get your twenty five bucks together, and I'll run down and get a ticket after the show. And Sounds we'll good. See if we can win. All right, a million dollars a year for, for life. life. 723 on Rock 102. This just in. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 728 and the Almond Brothers with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Dan Brown will give you the uh, forecast because he's really good at it. Is there somebody at the door? Uh, no, not uh, not yet. Um, is is somebody in the parking lot? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, okay. I thought you but were... I keep my eyes open just in case he's uh, that person is here. You're side eyeing the camera. Yeah, well, you know, side eye yeah. sees all. I gotta make sure that uh, you know someone's paying attention. Well, I guess I'm wrong about the whole Connecticut gambling thing. Some guy just called and said, "I live in Connecticut, and you're full of crap, Steve Nagel." <laughs> That's what he said, and I'm like, "Okay, well, I guess I am." I well, know. see, I would know. I, I was I'm wrong. Glad they're focused on you, not me. Well, usually it's you. Usually, usually it is. Because you're the misinformation. That's your name, misinformation. Uh, I believe you described it as confidently incorrect. You were you were wrong about something yesterday, and I can't... Oh, what, what myrrh was. Yeah. Myrrh, you said, was like used for bodies or something like that? For, yeah. Like, funerals. It's for not, funerals. That's not what it's, uh, that's not what it said. Because somebody said, he's wrong as usual. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's see. Myrrh, a fragrant gum resin obtained from certain trees and used, especially in the Near East, in perfumery, medicines, and incense. And also used for funerals. Where, where, for, do, where, for, where for body preparation. Do you think the Oxford Dictionary is, uh, how come it doesn't say that then? Because they're full of crap. I That's think why. you're full of crap. Oh, I think you really? just made that up. Uh, is that a fact? Yeah. Okay. Misinformation. Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, where are you getting that whole thing? <sighs> I don't know. I, listen, uh, you just made that up off the top of your head. I was right that it that is a it is a it is a gum substance, gummy substance or gum resin. Yes, but you're not right about it being used as some sort of body embalming something or whatever you were saying it was. Okay. I think you're wrong. All right. Well, listen. If that's the way it's gonna be, that's the way it's gonna be. But you know what? Just goes to prove that you shouldn't take anything we say seriously. <laughs> We are so full of it on yeah. this show. Right. That uh we have we need we need to have another person in here to be more full. <laughs> well, and that may happen. Yeah. It's uh seven thirty one and rock one oh two. Here seven thirty four with Bax and Nagel and Rock one oh two. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. I guess uh I maybe I am right then mm-hmm. about the uh Connecticut lottery. Because that one guy called here while we were off the air. Yes, and he was like, "You're wrong." I li- didn't he? You heard him say that. Yes, that I was wrong and whatever. And then uh, this other guy uh, from Connecticut. Now two people now from Connecticut have. Uh, oh yeah, it's a whole list of games you can play, mm-hmm. like blackjack, and uh, and it's all from the Connecticut lottery. How hmm. about that? See, I guess I am yeah. wrong. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll also uh, add my two cents that, uh, in fact, myrrh was used by the ancient Egyptians as embalming fluid. All right, but uh, we weren't talking about myrrh and the ancient Egyptians. We were talking about myrrh being delivered to a baby for his birthday. Yeah, and uh, 
didn't uh, and Egypt is right in the neighborhood of uh, of all of that in the Middle East. How far away? I mean, what? What's ten the, miles. Ten miles. Kilometers. How many? How many? Let's see. Now we're gonna have to see Cairo to uh, Cairo to, to uh, Bethlehem. 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 How? What's the distance? Cairo to Bethlehem. Uh, yeah, I guess you're you're sort of right. Nine hour and thirty five minutes. Via Route 90. Yeah. They have an I-90 out there in the desert? Sure they do. Yeah, they got highways. Really? Well, they didn't at the time. Now, do you pay with myrrh at the toll booth, or do you pay with frankincense? No, you play with gold. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, That's how they get Frankincense ain't going to get you. you, you, Frankincense doesn't even help you with the, uh, (laughs) at at the toll booths. You can't uh, trade uh, that for, for frankincense. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my ticket. Oh, yes. well, you're going to have to pay the full rate. That's uh, one pound of myrrh, please. Myrrh was used for many different purposes. Among those purposes was as embalming fluid. At least okay. that was done with the Egyptians but and wh- other cultures, too. What was the significance of the myrrh to the baby Jesus? That uh, this See, wise guy says, f- I'm going to be, I'm gonna, you know what? Well, it'll be a real hoot. You know what? I know you got the goal, but let me show up with some myrrh to you're gonna, this you're kid's gonna, birthday. You're going to find this hard to believe. Uh-huh. But I don't know because I wasn't around back then. Well, you kind of act like you were. Sometimes. No, I wasn't around back then. Please, well, but uh, you've studied the Bible. You've 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 read more than I have of it. By the way, there's <coughs> a uh, thing uh, from the Bible. Now that we're on that subject, yeah, that uh, I was sent uh, this morning uh, about. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure where this is. Uh, the story of Elisha's succession to Elijah's prophetic office. Uh, you ever hear that story? Uh, okay. Well, here's the quote. From uh, from there, Elisha went up to Bethel. While he was on his on the way, some little boys came out of the city and jeered at him. Go away, Baldy! Go away, Baldy! This is in the Bible. They really? Were, they were making fun of bald guys back in the ancient times. Wow. Hard to believe that male pattern baldness would be a thing of scorn. Yeah, where's, uh, where's the uh, hair club for men back then? <laughs> I guess they didn't celebrate January back then. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, not for this guy. But go away, Baldy. Wow. Man, there's some nasty stuff in that Bible, don't you think? Yeah, and uh, yeah, go away, Baldy. I've never heard that. Uh, I must have missed that part. Well, you think myrrh was, uh, oh, yeah, here, uh, you know what? Let's get this kid his first embalming kit and bring him some myrrh. There's a reason. I, listen, there's another reason why he had myrrh there. Listen, it's it's not a good gift for an infant. I would agree. That'd be like uh, you know, giving like a like a like a, a a newborn child a Zippo lighter. You know, it's like why why would you give a kid that? Well, because they're cool and they uh, they can light anywhere. They're windproof. <laughs> yeah, they are kind of cool. I like, the, I like the, those dudes that can like, you know, just snap it open, all of a sudden yeah. they got a flame. I've never been able to figure that out. God gave Jesus on his on his birthday, on his third birthday, a Zippo lighter <laughs> that says, who's your daddy on the front of it? That's what he wrote on the side of it. Who's your daddy? And a, and yeah. a, a Joe Camel t-shirt yeah. for swaddling clothes. Yeah, I'd walk a mile for a camel. <laughs> Would you walk on water for it, too? Uh... I can't see the, the Joe Camel <laughs> band uh, parting the seas out there. I don't know. I don't know. 
A uh, man facing is facing several charges after allegedly running from two traffic stops and hating an officer in Rocky Hill last month. The Rocky Hill, Connecticut, by the way, just in case you didn't know where that was. Uh, police released the video from December 26th when they pulled over 22-year-old Wesley Brown for an active warrant, which he got for driving away from a traffic stop on December 9th. The officer was trying to get Brown out of the car when he allegedly sped up, knocking the officer to the ground. Brown was able to run from the officers on both occasions, and he was arrested on Monday. He's facing 19 charges in total uh, from the two incidents, including assault on public safety employee and reckless endangerment. I'm sorry, the phone is ringing off the hook here. Can we answer these calls? Hold on. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I don't got anything yet. Nothing? Nobody there? Ah, here we go. All right. right. Uh, Rock 102, good morning. Who's this? Hi, it's Maria. I just want to say that during those ancient times, the uh, spices, aromatics, and uh, fragrant oils were seen as incredibly valuable. Okay. Like the silk root. Yeah. So that, I mean, they were more valuable than currency. All right, so okay. it's, not, it's not like uh, we're bringing murd for, for Jesus's first embalming kit, right? Right. <laughs> like a Fisher, like a Fisher Price My Lil embalming yeah, kit. My little. <laughs> yeah, no etches get there. No. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for thank, yeah, the info. Th- thanks for clearing that up. All right. Well, the more you, the more you know. Did you ever get that easy bake unleavened bread oven? That was, <laughs> that was some good stuff. Well, I never saw anything rise in an easy bake oven either. So, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, uh, that's where the original tasteless bread came from. Was from the easy bake oven <laughs> that Jesus got on his fifth birthday. I'm telling you, it would have been made, made so much more sense. You think Gold, about frankincense, and rock'em, sock'em robots. You think about it. He was really the first baby to start receiving a bunch of gifts. You know, I, I'm sure that people were so poor at that time that uh, a lot of people didn't get gifts like he did. He was the king. You don't think it was a, like a baby shower for uh, the Virgin Mary? Yeah. Well, those are like you know, well, be a registry. Yeah, that's like a like a like a yeah, like a pregnancy registry. Yeah. Well, the, the what? She asked for a diaper genie. <laughs> a, a, a diaper genie, uh, a, a, a rear-facing uh, child seat. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe like a like a a bassinet, one of those you know baby carriers. Honestly, what she should have put on the registry was a two three night stay at a five star hotel instead of sitting in a barn somewhere. Yeah, we don't have any room for you. You're gonna deliver that baby out in the barn. Whatever happened to that innkeeper, by the way? <laughs> Don't you think he had egg on his face years later? Hey, you know that kid that you shoved in the barn and had that lady deliver the baby? Guess who he is now? Well, that that would account for my one star in my AAA reviews. I'm glad we spent the entire newscast talking about this (laughs) and all the different things that come along with being... uh, Getting gifts as the baby Jesus. All Mary and Joseph wanted was a Messiah Bjorn to yeah, carry, yeah, to carry right. the baby yeah, around carry the, the desert. Baby around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keep him covered from the sun. You don't want to get the you don't want to get melanoma out there in <laughs> yeah, the middle yeah, of the yeah, desert. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't, can't have that. Well, I guess we're all done with the newscast. There's got to be the, like, do, do one news story. I did. I did the one about the guy in Rocky Schmill. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. A group of volunteer divers believe they have found the remains of a woman in a vehicle submerged in a retention pond near Walt Disney World, apparently solving a 12-year-old mystery about what happened to her. 
Divers from the Sunshine State Sonar said they believe they found the remains of Sandra Lemire on Saturday while driving in a or while diving in a small retention pond at the Disney World exit on I-4 in uh, Kissimmee, Florida. Lemire disappeared in May of 2012. She was last seen leaving a restaurant in, in Kissimmee driving the minivan that was found. The group of divers had been searching for Lemire in 63 bodies of water over the last year and a half. Last week, a tip from Orlando police to detective about the location of a cell phone tower that last received a call from Lemire's phone had helped them narrow the search to a retention pond, the group said in the statement on social media. We located what appeared to be a minivan submerged in 14 feet of water. Our team quickly suited up and dove in on the vehicle to make the license plate confirmation. NBC's Orlando affiliate WESH reported that the police confirmed the vehicle is tied to the missing woman's case. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement is working on identifying the remains found in the vehicle. Imagine that. What a terrible story. Over 10 years ago. Wouldn't it be crazy if it wasn't a vehicle, but if she was like underwater with one of them spitting teacups from uh, Disney World? Yeah, we were missing a teacup from the Magic Kingdom. Where did that go? I don't know. It's like one, two, three. We're missing one. Somebody spilled the teacup. That's right. That's, that's what happened in there. And it's got some uh, woman in a retention pond. Or the uh, Tomorrowland. Yes. Or like one of those rockets on, uh, on Space Mountain. Yeah. We can do all kinds of good stuff. It's the magical world of Disney. At least they found her. It was the happiest place in the world. Up until that very moment, moment right, where yes, she yes. drove off into the uh, the, the abyss. The uh, again, I'm really glad we got to the heart. Of oh the yeah, no, you're hour. absolutely right. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, cloudy with a high of 38. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 23 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. 102 Springfield's classic rock. It's 7:50. And Fleetwood Mac with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Cloudy with a high of 38 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 23 right now in downtown Springfield. And look who just walked into the door. What a surprise <sighs> oh, to welcome uh, our dear friend, Marty Caproni. Uh, Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year to you. The pop-in. I uh, pop in. do a little pop-in. Yeah. I uh, I hope you don't mind. I threw a little dab of myrrh on before I came in for you, Steve. Yeah, now you had some interesting uh, takes on the whole myrrh conversation that we were having here. Yeah, see, I was an altar boy. I don't know if I told you guys that before. but uh, Did once... you make it through without any uh, incidents? Yeah, I was a cute kid. I had a big mouth. Cute kid, big <laughs> mouth, so uh, I was fine. You were the one playing hard to yeah, get. Yes, yeah. I was the one where they were like, nah, leave me alone. You know, no, I had the best priest growing up. I had Father Dan Doyle. It was like, if you're going to get a priest, that's what you want. You want an Irish Catholic priest who drinks Jack Daniels from morning to, to night and smokes two packs of Marby Reds. Because yeah. <laughs> you know he's, he's just a good guy. Like, you know they were like, listen, you never can be with a woman. And he's like, well, no one's going to be nagging me. Let me, uh, I'll be, should be drinking this Jack for uh, seven days a week and uh, smoking some butts. Hey, give the uh, kids a couple of Zimas. No, no, he was the best. He he was he was what you want. He was what you want. Yeah, but there are a lot of priests that got into trouble for having at least two packs of butts a day. You know, oh, zing, zing, pick oh boy, that's warning track power right there, boy. Oh, that's a big cut right there, big swing, big swing for the fence. Yeah, no, he was he was great, but. 
this all ties into your con- conversation about frankincense. What, so what did they bring them? They brought them uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. myrrh right. Myrrh, yeah. And and I think for some reason, when we used to have to do a funeral, like as altar service, it used to suck when you had to do a funeral because it's sad and everything else. So you got to keep a straight face the whole deal. But they put this stuff in a in a thing and they light it on fire it's like an incense thing and they go around the casket with it if i'm not mistaken i think myrrh might have gone in there a little bit with the with the other stuff could have been could have been one of the ingredients so maybe that's why bax is thinking it's involved in embalming no, I mean, it, it, the internet is telling me, and the internet would not lie. Yeah, no, the, internet, the, the, the lie. ancient Egyptians just... used myrrh and embalming. Oh, I bet you they did for mummies. Right, Mummy myrrh. right, right. My question to you guys was, what if this happened today? Like, what if Jesus, pop, well, not today, obviously, there's some stuff going on over there. But if it, if there was social media back then, how great would that have been? Everybody just, want a selfie with the baby Jesus. That's what I'm saying. They'd yeah. be mm-hmm. Checking in at the manger. Oh, my God. Hey, they have the music playing underneath it, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like uh, Jingle Bell Rock. You'd with, have you'd have Mary with a horrible Yelp review of that <laughs> yeah, thing right. that they stayed at. <laughs> oh, my God. You wouldn't believe the accommodations they gave us for a pregnant woman. I got a buddy who's into that, too. I got a buddy. <laughs> Imagine all the people with those ecumenical duck face selfies. <laughs> I I just think that it would be uh, I I think that it would be hilarious. It would be it would be viral. People yeah. in the comments would be like, "Yeah, like she just had the baby by herself." Okay, yeah. you know. Yeah, nobody be would believing that. Snopes. Yeah. There'd be a Snopes article a about Snopes it. Snopes page. Did, yeah. the, did the Virgin Mary actually have a baby that she didn't have sex yeah. with? Right. True. The little, the little drummer boy thinking he's Neil Peart. The baby's born. He's playing side one of 2112. <laughs> little drummer little drummer video on my drum tutorial on YouTube. Joseph, where did you book this hotel? Uh, TripAdvisor.com. <laughs> I... Had a good rating on Tiff. it. I don't know why. Uh, while, while they're limping along, there were donkeys in the room, and there yeah. was uh, there was a camel at the door, and yeah, I uh, I uh, I can't help but think how far we've fallen as a as a, as group, a society. As a society. Yeah. Actually, uh, <laughs> when Jenny and I went to go see the Taylor Swift film, oh, you the, did. You at, went to go oh, see yeah. Era oh. or whatever Eras, uh, an incredible cinematic masterpiece yes, on was. so many different levels but before the uh, the movie they're showing all the trailers and yeah, one yeah. of the and one of the trailers they were showing is this uh, it's like the uh, the biblical story of uh, mary and joseph but it's a musical no it's it's coming out i'm oh. telling you there's there's a, there's gonna be a baby oh, jesus man. musical coming out Bob well, they already boop, had boop. Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, but that's like, but Jesus is an adult back then. Mm-hmm. Lots of great stories to tell. But when the baby, but when the baby comes, it's it's like a whole baby shower set to music. You would think with thirteen years of Catholic school, I would remember more about uh, Jesus stories. But did they do like him flipping over the tables in the temple? In Jesus Christ Superstar, they did. Yeah. Yeah, but not in this movie. No, this, this again. He's. I think this is just about Mary and Joseph. This is about him being a toddler. Who does and the how casting? they had to put those little plastic covers on the outlets in their house <laughs> yeah. to just protect the baby Jesus from sticking his fingers. In they it. had to put a Messiah gate outside, <laughs> yeah. to make sure their little Messiah doesn't get out, right. and hurt himself. 
<laughs> what's the uh, what's the name of the stroller? The the the, uh, the Messiah Bjorn. The Messiah, yeah, yeah, right. right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I just had this terrible vision uh, of dying. Of all three of us meeting in hell. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah like of dying, yeah. and then you're standing there at the pearly gates. They're like, yeah, before we uh, let you, we're gonna show you a little son. Do you guys remember a radio show you did uh, <laughs> in in January of 2024? Yeah, hey, that was a great uh, baby Bjorn Messiah line. <laughs> uh, you'll be taking the slide down now. Thank you. Let me just let me just get my Spotify account and play this for you. <laughs> well, there you go. We got uh, uh, we got more with Marty Caproni coming up. It's seven fifty seven. A Rock one hundred two. Rock one hundred two. Springfield's classic rock. It's eight ten. And Van Halen with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni at Rock one hundred two. Thirty eight and cloudy today. Thirty eight and sunny tomorrow. It's twenty three right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Marty Caproni here. Uh, I'm I'm sure you're going to mention that you have some sort of show going on uh, for twenty dollars. Listen, and a, and I I might add to the show for twenty dollars tomorrow. You can get a chicken stir fry dinner and a great lineup of comedians at Loft Comedy Club. Twenty bucks in advance, twenty five at the door. But I'm thinking about going on Amazon. Uh, I found frankincense and myrrh on Amazon. <laughs> For seventeen ninety nine. Yeah, what's for, the, what's the delivery uh, time on that? For well, a two pack. If you order at Christmas Day, it'll be there by January sixth. Uh, that's <laughs> good. Usually Perfect. how how that works out. You know, uh, it's telling that. me that I couldn't get it until Friday, which really the show's Thursday. Otherwise, what I was going to do was everyone gets a dab of frankincense and myrrh on the way in the door. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, I'm sure everybody yeah. wants to smell like uh, thirty BC. <laughs> but <laughs> I. I do, <laughs> Serrata frankincense, 100% pure therapeutic grade essential oil, and myrrh, 100% pure essential oil. This is the problem, though. We were talking about the herbarium in Chicopee closing down, and I was really upset about that. Yeah, the herbarium closed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, in Chicopee, the herbarium right there? Yeah. The Munichos? Yeah, closed. And now I realize why, because idiots like me... We just got on here and looked up frankincense and myrrh. Like, we could have gotten that stuff there. Yeah, I could, yeah. if herbarium's still open, I could just go there and get frankincense and myrrh, and I could just do a little dab for everyone who comes in the door tomorrow. I believe they tell you a little dab will do you. A little, is that? Yeah, like real critical. I think that was in the Bible as that's well. That's right. Yeah. Well, you're, you're really up in the ante on this admission into this place, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah. You get all sorts of stuff. Uh, I want. Can I shift gears without using a clutch again? Yeah, please do. do that? Uh, 2024 is off with an astronomical bang. A gigantic comet is currently hurtling its way towards Earth. But before you start to think we're going away with the dinosaur, rest assured it's going to be totally okay. That's what they want you to think. I was going to say, yeah. would they ever tell you no. if it was careening towards Earth? No, no. no. According to Astronomy.com, the Devil Comet, so-called for the horn-looking points it developed after it underwent an outburst back in July, is bigger than Mount Everest and has been recognized by scientists since the 1800s. The real name is the Comet Pons Brooks, as well as the Comet 12P, but I think the Devil Comet suits it better. Don't you? I think it's coming for us after our conversation this morning. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny that that story popped up just after we were talking <laughs> yeah, about that? And it's going to land right in your forehead. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Earth.com further explains how this devil comet is uh, cryovolcanic. Or cry, I don't know how you cryo? Hey, cryo cryovolcanic, yeah. meaning it's made of ice that spews water, ammonia, or even methane rather than lava. The New York Post reports how the comet actually most likely exploded again over the weekend, letting loose a large amount of gas and ice in space. 
The last few outbursts have been a 15-day cadence, says Nick James of the British Astronomical Association, uh, and we might be coming up on another one. Uh, it's like Old Faithful, adds Richard Miles, also of the BAA. Comet 12P has a super uh, cryogeyser, an eruption which uh, is triggered after a local sunrise at its location. What? What would you do? You, you, we're just talking. You just mentioned it. Like, would they tell us that, they that would, this thing was going to destroy no, the Earth? There's no way they would tell us because it would be madness for the next whatever it is, two weeks. Or yeah, but you'd have some kind of, like, Amateur scientist out there going, yeah. hey, I just saw this through my telescope. Yeah, and no uh, one would believe him. No one would believe him, number one. Number two, in, I'm not trying to freak anyone out, but they're saying this thing is the size of Mount Everest, but it's having volcanic eruptions, right? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if I throw a baseball and I'm throwing it towards you, but all of a sudden uh, little jets of gas or steam start shooting out of the mm -hmm. baseball... Couldn't that change the trajectory of the baseball? Wouldn't that? I'm an idiot, by the way, but wouldn't that also apply to a comet? Marty, if you could throw a baseball that admitted gas, you're throwing I, it so fast, you'd be right, signed baby. up by the Red Sox today. I, got, I, mm -hmm. I could throw the heat. I could throw the heat. I got gas in yeah, the tank. I mean, if you could throw it over <laughs> the plate at, uh, at 900 miles an hour, <laughs> I'm pretty nice. sure you'd be getting a call from Fenway. Yeah, and actually you can just talk about how great it is, and nobody actually has to see it, and they'll give you $300 million just to, just, to be, just to be a part of just it. Just in the rumor that you can, do, you can smoke some heat. I, I wouldn't want to know. I wouldn't want to know if we were uh, impending doom. I don't know why I'm suddenly getting all these TikTok videos of uh, like the all the UFO the stuff, yeah. all the all the uh, you know the uh, the UFO technology and all this end of the end of the Earth uh, be stuff. Be because we've been talking about it, that's why. Probably, but you know they're they're saying that you know when these things happen, when it finally happens, and it could. We could fall into a black hole. There could be some sort of, uh, you know, any number of celestial calamities that could happen. Correct. It's going to happen so fast. You're not going to feel it. You're not going to know it. It's just going to happen, and boom, that's it. We're off. We're all going off to heaven. I, you know, it's like I had that. Uh, well, not us. I had a bit about that. Not I, today. <laughs> I had a bit where I was like, you know, I, I'm not suicidal, but the older I get, the less I care about living. <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? Not when there's a $20 yeah. comedy but, show yeah, coming yeah, up tomorrow right. night. My, my point, you know, growing up in the era that we grew up in, what was the big scare all the time? It was the the red scare. It was the nuclear communists. war which, which, with uh, uh, Russia. Yeah. You, you know, get under your desk. This is where practicing. I remember my buddies and I being like, we're going to go out in the woods. And we, we built this underground fort and we were like we could fortify this and turn it into a bomb shelter we could come here with our families and we started stocking it and everything it yeah. was like really impressive what do you got Wait, that fort was like what two chairs on a, and a sheet right and now now i go now that i i'm older there's nothing but mountain Dew and porno man yeah. <laughs> there was that too yeah right i bet you there was but but as <laughs> everyone's like where's the food stores we don't have that but we have cherry uh <laughs> Remember that one? Hustler. Uh, <laughs> we magazine from 1978. <laughs> but but we we it was actually a pretty decent feat of engineering. These kids we, that we made this thing. It had a uh, uh, we had put a little fireplace in it that vented out. But my point was um, that was our thought. If you ask me today, if there's three people that I could be underground with for three weeks, yeah. 
I would be like, no, thank you. Please have the uh, missile land directly on my forehead and just get it over as fast as you possible. Know, and this is this is the thing that when, when you talk about prepping for the end of the world and all the, and these doomsday preppers, and a lot of them uh, came to head in the during the pandemic. Oh, when yeah. everybody was like, oh, my God, there's nothing left in yeah. the stores. These doomsday guys were like, see, I told you. you know, and, yeah, they were all yeah. geared up. I got plenty of toilet paper over here. Yeah. You come try to get it out of my cold, dead hands, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> I got enough canned food on shelves but, and a last six years but and, then, and then it finally happens if he gets a can opener yeah it's like that's when you realize i have no no way to eat this let, so. like let's just say a a, a big comet yeah. came in and wiped out like a major city like new york city sure or la or any number of places would you really want to live through that well like, that's my point you know if you let have it. all the effects of uh, let's say a nuclear bomb went off mm-hmm. right would you really want to be surviving that no you yeah. want you want that's what I'm saying you want that thing to hit you directly in the forehead yeah so it's just a little blinded light next thing you and know you're it. talking to your maker that's yep. the easy way if if Hollywood is to be believed and I have no reason to believe uh, you can't trust it yeah um you know any kind of uh you know post-apocalyptic dystopian type of society mm. with fleshy-headed mutants <laughs> from the alpha zone yeah, you, know, it, you know it's always going to end badly yeah it, it like th- there's always going to be some guys on on you know like you know jeeps with guns and then they're all going to be uh you know trying to take over yeah, things yeah i don't want to you I don't, don't want that. that no did you guys see the tiktok trend a while ago when they were talking about the uh wives and girlfriends are asking the men how often do you think about the roman empire and all the guys are like, oh, like once oh, that, a week. That was like, like a trend a- or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. This is one that I think of probably entirely too often is the end of t- the end of quote unquote end of times. Yeah. I mean, it's going to eventually happen. Right. Yeah. And uh, there's so much. I, I don't know anything, but I've told everybody. I don't know if it's just my life. This is the way it is for everyone as they age. But I feel like if my life was a movie, like the last four years, it's that place where the music's getting really loud, and it's just it's just waiting for like the one big thing that's going to happen. You know what I mean? And if it uh, if it happens, uh, yeah. so be it. You know. Well, I mean, for uh, for all the different scenarios that you can have, I I because I, I was watching those National Geographic right uh, things about like California could break off from the entire United States with that one would giant, be that bad. That would be great with one giant <laughs> earthquake. That would be get rid of um, all those. What? After they just signed those two Japanese players, <laughs> I don't think that's right. That would, Sh- what a tragedy that would Show be. Or or the other sleeping giant under Yellowstone, there's this giant Super volcano, volcano. Mm-hmm. that uh, if it were to erupt, it would pretty much destroy, you know, block out the sea. Remember how we had the- Mount fi- Pinatubo. The, the, uh, the, the wildfires uh, smoke over the, yeah. uh, over in this early spring and into summer. That's, that, that's what w- it would be like all the time with Well, do you remember volcano. Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines no. years ago? It erupted years ago, and we had all these fantastic purple sunsets for like a, a year, and it actually lowered the temperature of the earth by like two degrees at that time because of all the soot and sediment and everything that went up into the atmosphere that was in the atmosphere for a couple of years before it fell. Mm-hmm. When did this show become the Alex Jones program? Well, I, I, I don't know. What, what happened? I'm going to tell you one more thing about these things. I'm going to tell you that what they're not telling you out there <laughs> is that volcano is going to blow. It's going to go big. First the frogs make you gay, and then a yeah. comet's going to hit you. <laughs> what? 
No more gay frogs. Stop turning people into gay frogs. My favorite thing is that every once in a while, like he would have one conspiracy be right, and everyone's like, "You see," and it's like, "Do you realize that guy's whole every show for that guy was like doing ten conspiracy theories? Yeah. A broken clock's gonna be right two times a day. You know? see, I told you. Yeah, it's like, all right, you know. And here's another thing we found out. The buttons at the crosswalks don't actually control the light. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's that just is, there for show. That is a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. Well, it's true. Yeah. It's yeah. actually true. It's to give you a sense of control in a world of none. I tell you, I was at a, a radio convention maybe about 10, 15 years ago, and he was there. No. And he was he was, he was speaking, and he's speaking in front of all these other radio people. And uh, you know, I'm sitting next to one guy, Lionel. I'm sitting next to Lionel. Yeah. Lionel saying... I love this guy. And I'm sitting there going, this guy's scaring the living bejesus out of me. <laughs> now and we all know where Lionel was. <laughs> right. he's, he's, he's like a light. He's like an Alex Jones light now. He is. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. This guy. He, the, the sad thing was he was actually a really good conversationalist yeah. Yeah. and had a lot of stuff. But then all of a sudden, something happened and it, and it changed. And it, and, all, and it was like this, this weird conspiracy theory type rhetoric yeah. that he keeps spewing well, out and he goes and he and he's popular too I, he, he called me like a like about a month or so ago yeah and we had a great conversation i love talking to the guy because he's he's absolutely brilliant but he's out a, there i have a theory with that too that the older you get the more um likely you are to become conspiracy based because you've seen a bunch of crap and ultimately you're 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 saying this this whole thing is all BS. It's all Rick. So then you just, it's just an extrapolation of uh, the BS to all <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, little you things that are BS. You have lived a life of not seeing any significant change right. to you or to the world around you. So you just assume that it automatically is just all BS. Listen. Columbus proved nothing. <laughs> We're flat like a pancake. That is one of the craziest ones for me right now. No, the best one is birds aren't real. Have you seen this one? <laughs> yeah, that's where they're hilarious. all the the camera. It's hilarious, but the guy's made millions of dollars off just the merchandising alone. Because well, first first of all, I want one of those shirts. How great is that? It's <laughs> a yeah. That's a great conspiracy, and you, I don't think that guy's hurting anyone. You know what I mean? He's hurting birds. It's true. Birds are less happy. likely to put a bird feeder out if you think they're all spying in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them all. Look at all these drones eating this bird seed. Those are very complex drones. It's A24 with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. Live in concert, Saturday nights at 9 on Rock 1. Name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford and Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lugnuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want. Selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. It's 826 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown's got the forecast for you. Uh, Rock 102 and feelgoodshoplocal.com want to help you start the new year off right with a shopping spree with over 50 local businesses on their website. You can shop from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, the holidays are over, but that doesn't mean nothing. You can still go to feelgoodshoplocal.com. You go to rock102.com. Enter for a chance to win a $100 gift certificate to Feel Good Shop Local. A winner gets chosen on January 16th. Good luck to you. You can uh, win with feelgoodshoplocal.com and Rock 102, Springfield Classic Rock. Uh... 
got nothing. You got nothing? You got something? I don't really have uh, much of anything. Well, we were having a great conversation off the break, you guys, about conspiracy theories. You were saying about your friend how he has some conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, But you were saying he never comes out and says them. He just kind of obtusely... He talks he, he talks around the conspiracy, but never talks about the root or the genesis of that conspiracy, which is also often where you tend to find the most amount of uh, of, uh, of real information about whether conspiracy is real or, 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 or garbage. That's that's uh, the people see conspiracies big business now in this country. I would argue conspiracy is probably a billion dollar industry now, right? Sure. Um, that's the best way that they, they do it. The guys who are really good at it, even Nostradamus, you know, all these guys that they they never come out and make an exact prediction or an exact theory. It's always like a chain of four or five weird things that they try to tie together. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you go get your bread and the bread clip on your bread, you always lose that clip, right? Don't you? Don't you always lose that clip? And you're like, yeah, okay. Everybody loses that clip. Right. right. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, right. And stoplights, when you push them with a walk signal, is not connected to, okay, all right, all right. And they do like all these things, and then they loosely try to tie it together with something stupid. They go, just you think for yourself. That's their favorite thing. I like chemtrails. What do you think about chemtrails? I mean, I th- one of those. That's another one of those things putting where toxic gases into the air every time a plane goes up, and uh, <laughs> you see that line behind the plane is toxic gas. I watched a clip literally last night about this. <laughs> Prince is on a talk show, and he's like, "I've been talking about this chemtrails for my whole youth. When I was a kid in my neighborhood, the plane would fly over, and we would see these chemtrails, and then an hour later." Everyone would be fighting and acting crazy. And I was like, is that the plane or did you just grow up in the hood? You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Did you just and, grow and up in the hood? It was 10 a.m. when the plane walked over. It was around noon and things were heating up. Yeah, but the moment he said that's crazy, then he grabbed a guitar and <laughs> let's go crazy. He started, and, 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 started playing. And, and, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's such, it's such big business. I would love to get that guy on the phone. We It would be so funny. and be like, give me one. Like, give me the actual thing. Don't always hint around what it is. No, because they don't know. That's the whole idea of a conspiracy theory is you don't have any concrete evidence to back up your claim. It's just a theory. But it's all all theory based on some level of plausibility. Otherwise, it's it's hardly any conspiracy at all. There are, listen, we live in a world where there has to be conspiracies because that's just the I, the Epstein thing, I mean, that's pretty That's pretty dead on, I think, right? Yeah. You know? And you that's know. one that Alex Jones was talking about, that he could be like, I get credit for that, you know? But then also, the flip side is, uh, you know, some of the other ones that are... Yeah, he, he went a little far in some yeah. of the other ones that were absolute garbage. Yeah. The frogs are going to make... If the water's making frogs again. Well, I, what, what wound up happening was he was saying how Sandy Hook was uh, was a hoax and how all these people were actors. And I think you and I were talking about this yeah. over the air last week about... Yeah, you really want to you want to bring that to a grieving father who just lost two of his well, kids? That was, the, yeah, that was what the lawsuit was about. Those families... We're getting harassed by 
conspiracy yeah. nuts off the some of them still are yeah and they go your kid isn't really can you imagine losing your no, kid in no. that and, tragedy and, 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 and then and, some moron from the internet calling and, you up and frankly he deserves every bit of punishment no, he, no question exactly no question. that's exactly how i feel about it it's uh, 8 31 we have news next on rock 102 8 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, thanks, Bax. You're very welcome. Uh, this is a, wow, horrible, horrible story out of uh, out of Summers uh, this morning. Uh, four children have died in a house fire in, summer, uh, in Summers last night. The fire was in a home on uh, Quality Avenue around 10.30 p.m., which is near the Enfield town line. The captain of the Summers Fire Department said that he believed 11 people were inside the home when the fire started. At least one person jumped out of a second-floor window to escape the flames. Multiple people were taken to the hospital with injuries, some very serious. According to uh, First Selectman uh, Tim Keeney, four children from the same family died as a result of that fire uh, of ages 5, 6, 8, and 12. Mm. Principals of local schools have been notified and will be offering resources to help those who are affected. No firefighters were injured in the fire. The state fire marshal will be investigating uh, that whole uh, thing. Um MGM, after nearly four years as MGM Springfield's president and CEO, Chris Kelly will be stepping down from the position. According to information from MGM Springfield spokesperson Beth Ward, Kelly is moving out west so he can spend more time with his family. She said that uh, Louis Theros has uh, taken over Kelly's position. A formal announcement is expected later this week. Kelly was named uh, president and CEO of MGM Springfield in January of 2020 before taking the top job in Springfield. Kelly served as the president and coo of MGM Northfield Park in Ohio. <laughs> the coup? Uh, I believe that means uh, chief operating officer, not coup. Oh, not the CEO? No. No. Isn't that, uh, don't you pronounce them that way? No, you say chief operating officer. He yeah. cool. COO. He cool. He cool. He cool. He cool. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, that guy was, that guy's the best. I was going to vote for him for anything. <laughs> You were going to vote for him for Dude, anything. Dude, honestly, huh? I was like, why can't we make this guy president of the United States? Good-looking guy, really nice, speaks like a angel. We will have a Chick-fil-A in here, and it will be open on Sundays, regardless of what anybody wants to believe. I have a dream. Yeah, yeah. A uh, new law in Connecticut will be putting more money back in people's wallets. The bottle deposit fee has increased from $0.05 cents to $0.10 cents beginning January 1st. Uh, why can't we just take a whole truckload of five centers and drive it right over the Connecticut ah, line? Conspiracy. I've crunched, I've crunched the numbers. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. I've got a conspiracy theory about this. Yeah, what's your conspiracy theory? It's just theory? a way for them to take more of your money. Because wow. most people... You spend a lot of time thinking about that? Yeah, most people... I just thought of it right now, Bax. Most people don't take the time to return the bottle. Then that's your fault. Bro. No, it's yes, not. You, listen, I've had this argument for you. You live in I, Huntington. I, yeah. You don't, I, have, you don't live in a real place. You have all this time during the day... I live in a very real place. ...to collect your bottles and go to the store and go milk your cow and, and pasteurize your milk <laughs> and do all your stuff... People who live in the in a in an actual civilization like Bax and I don't have the time <laughs> to return our bottles. No, no. We just throw them in the big green recycling thing, which is big government making more money off of your whatever bottle fee. Uh, Bax, uh, you used to take me to task on this because mm-hmm. you felt that it was an extra tax on people. It is. 
Thank it's not you, really. It's a voluntary tax. You don't have to buy that bottle of Coca-Cola. No, get, you don't. But you're right. still being charged an extra fee, which you to can buy. get back if you brought it to a recycling. Right, but facility. they, but the government, this is a, this, yeah, the, the government yeah, realizes man. that there's a certain percentage, a large percentage, that yeah. won't go through the rigmarole. Okay, but that's, of returning. But that's so they too keep bad. that money. But that's too bad. If you didn't, do, if you didn't return those bottles to the store to get your money back, yeah. then the only person you have to blame is yourself. That's right. But it is still a tax because ultimately tax. the state, the state is ahead is it on a that deal. Tax uh, or is it a tariff? It's a tax, a tariff. Actually, you could make an argument it's a tariff yeah. because they are, they are. I, I believe they take the company too, the soda company, and they and they get that fee from them as well. I think right. It's you see, something like that. But I'm not the, educated. The reason why this first came up in Massachusetts anyway years ago mm-hmm. was the fact that people are the nip bottles. They wanted to start tag, putting the five cents on the nick the, the the nip bottles into the uh, things. That so, would make sense. It would make a lot of sense, but they don't do that. They should do that because that would prevent a lot of them from winding up on my front lawn every Friday. Well, Steve, just clean out your car when you get home from wherever you were driving from. Well, I usually dump them on the side <laughs> of the road. The, it is 100% a tax. And you know the next thing they're going to do is they're going to start doing it on water. That'll be their next big thing. Oh, yeah. Listen, man, government's not getting smaller, right? No one in Connecticut is being like, we gotta, you know, we don't need all these people at DOT, you know, or we don't need all these people work in whatever place and so they're not going to cut the payroll and the pay keeps going up three percent annually or whatever it is and the benefits keep going up so they got to find new ways to get revenue they've legalized gambling they they have the lottery they have now the yeah. legal weed they're going to be mark my words on this one in 10 to 15 years one of the states in this country is going to be legalizing prostitution and they're going to be getting into that business as well all the stuff that used to be organized crime, yeah. they've busted up and they're taking it away. But for every prostitute, you have to pay an extra 10 cents. Right, unless well, you return her. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Then you get your 10 cents back. You can't just throw your prostitute right. into the green recycling bin <laughs> like you used to. You ever shop it in Aldi's before? I have. What about the 25 cents you put in for the cart? Yeah. You get that back? You don't get it back. If you don't want to, you can leave the cart right out in the middle of the parking lot. And so the twenty five cents will be stuck. Well, that's in an that act thing. of charity because you, then yeah. then you are leaving somebody with a without uh, no, with a quarter. No, 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 no. You can't uh, you can't uh, be splitting hairs that way. You either say that's a tax to tax you to go grocery shopping. It is different because that is applied by a private business owner rather than a governmental body. Thank you. Also, if the, gov- if the government imp- if the government imposes a bottle tax or a, a, a bottle fee, ten cents, five cents, whatever it is, yeah. that is a tax. Yeah, because you have to pay it, and it gets paid to the government. What about all these nuts? What if they started taxing you five cents on that? You got to return the shells. You could tax all these nuts. You could tax all these nuts right now. Yeah, I bet with you this, could. With yeah. this stupid theory, you could. <laughs> yeah, this is a stupid theory. I don't know. No, we're getting listen. Two dollars now. First of all, by the way, going from five cents to ten cents means what? It means you've doubled now. You've doubled the tax. The tax. If they doubled your your uh, your your your, uh, your 
your property tax. What's this? You'd be you'd be, you'd be out of your right. mind. You'd be losing your mind now. What's this? M I ten. Michigan ten oh, oh, cents. Okay. I didn't realize it. <laughs> um, I, it's a secret. It's a secret organization in England <laughs> that keeps frogs straight. But let's talk about this for a second, though. The the Michigan. Michigan's been doing this for years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Still, a ten cents. Still a dump. Still a dump. Still a dump. Granted, but what about like the people from what's the next state over? Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, Wisconsin. Or, All right. Sure. So how does it work? I know you know we talk about the Seinfeld episode and how they tried to do that with the with the five cent cans to bring them to Michigan. What if you live so close to it though, like in Wisconsin? Can you? This happened. Someone got arrested okay. for this. Yeah. So what if I? What's stopping me from taking you know the, the weekly collection theft. of cans here and going over to Connecticut? Well, so here's here's the thing: not every state has a bottle bill. Right. For example, when I lived in Wisconsin, there was no deposit. Correct. The only the only way you get a deposit is if you had like a if you bought a case of returnable bottles there. of beer, and that would be the only instance where that would happen. But if you bought a bottle of soda or a can of soda. There was there was no bottle bill, so there was no deposit. There was a family. You and I did this story, Steve, on one of my first times filling in here. Mm-hmm. There was a family in Arizona somewhere that was doing that from Arizona into California, and they were making like three hundred thousand dollars a year in this in this shuffle in this in this thing, and then they got arrested for it. You want to know why they got arrested? Because the government. Don't like you cutting into their stuff. They'll cut into yours, but they don't like you cutting into theirs. All right, but let's say I'm just doing twenty dollars worth of stuff. Okay, I bring. Uh, you're you know, probably fine. You're probably. Got, gonna, uh, you're you're probably okay. It's worth ten dollars here, but I know sure. it's yeah, twenty you're, right you're, over the line. You're committing low level tax fraud. Yeah, you're you're such a you're such a Huntington hillbilly. What I want to know what the threshold is before they start uh, sending birds out with cameras to, <laughs> to, to, to check on you yeah. while you're uh, while you're doing that. Well, they're not real. Uh, let oh, me say this, you. For a pat, you you worked for Coca Cola, right? We had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. and I both worked for Coca Cola, right? Mm-hmm. How many cases in a pallet, like a, a pallet of cans? How many cases in a pallet? I don't know, of cans? Fifty cases or something like no, that. No, you're or, a terrible. But ninety six, ninety six uh, cases whatever. on a pallet. I, of I didn't soda. work there very long. So ninety six cases in a pallet of soda. A dollar twenty a case comes out to what? It's over a hundred dollars, right? Ninety six is like a hundred and what twenty five bucks, something like that, roughly. Yeah. All right. Now, the government every time they make a a pallet of soda, they 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 give the government one hundred and twenty something bucks and pass it on to the consumer. Right now, they're giving the government two hundred and something dollars for that same pallet. Government's getting that; they're not doing anything different. Yeah, and it has almost very little to do with whether you, oh. as a consumer, choose to return the right. bottles for the to get your deposit back. It, it there's there's no way the government is at, the, is at the losing end of that no. deal. Uh, no. This guy's sort of smart. He said they put a different SKU on it and they won't accept it at that return place. So if you'd bought something from here and you've tried it, yeah, but they all he's say, not right. but they all he's say wrong that about the that. State, they all say the state thing. He's it. not he's not right about that because there's no way these companies are going to set up different SKUs for for the same soda. In Enfield, as it as it is in Massachusetts, I doubt that. Well, at, at maybe not because, and they're not going to scan every bottle. These facilities, when you go in with a, a giant bag full of bottles, 
I don't know. There's another person who says they have a different barcode so the machines don't accept the ones from out of state. That's a conspiracy. That's what the government wants you to think. That's what they want you to believe. That's what they're sending you right now to make sure you don't go out there and make yourself a little money, And, uh, and uh, the bottle bill uh, <laughs> can be turned into five cents, ten cents, but you can't get it uh, over the line. Let me tell you something. If you put all those cans on their side, they roll off the edge of the flat earth. <laughs> That's true. See? See? And by the way, birds aren't real. <laughs> the They're all government uh, surveillance cameras from the CIA. All now, these facilities, all these facilities, take it in these cans. Now, having, Crisis s- actors. having said all that, you might want to go to my website to buy a bunch of my uh, supplements. Make you think, make your, your your brain work clearer. Make your brain think. It's uh, made directly from the chemtrails out of a United jet. <laughs> I'm telling you, is uh, it's a, another thing. And you know what? Let me predict this. Coming right here to Massachusetts Snacks, baby. Which Some, thing? The, the 10-cent bottle tax coming here next. Oh, I believe it. 100%. I, I'm telling you, they should have done it on the nip bottles years ago for the 5 cents because then you would have had like every uh, hobo out there picking up all the nip bottles trying to trade them in for money. We don't say uh, hobo anymore, Steve. What is it now? <laughs> Undomiciled. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's, that's a shel- sheltered resistance. Did you know that's a real thing? Domici- yeah, people experiencing homelessness. Is that's undomiciled. That is the correct term for that. Oh, okay. And uh, what was the other term that we had? Oh, remember the prisoners at the jail in, in Hamden County? They're not called inmates. They're called uh, justice-involved. <laughs> Individual. Justice involved. <laughs> yeah, Mass Live has dropped that line. This justice involved individual, you mean the criminal who is in jail? Well, wouldn't uh, a cop be justice involved? Or a judge? Sure. I also. guess you could. Yeah, everybody would be yeah. justice, justice involved. involved. We're all involved in the justice. Yeah, that is. Uh, we are losing our mind. Like, the country we has lost its mind. mind. It's now. true. Yeah. Your Pioneer Valley forecast, though, is going to be cloudy today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It is 25 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news of Rock 102. <laughs> There's no place like Rome for the holidays. Give yourself the gift of a new Hyundai today. Welcome to Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 853, and the Foo Fighters are back in Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, cloudy with a high of 39 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 25 right now in downtown Springfield. Vote. You're done? Yep. I'm going to vote two. All right. And that is done. The uh, the Valley Advocate has come out with their uh, best of, the best of the Valley Advocate. Uh, every yeah. year they do this uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I've, come in, uh, I've come in second and third in the mobile DJ business when I had that going. Sure. I've never uh, been on the list other than being associated with you. Yeah. Because, you know, my name wasn't on there. But I think uh, we can stuff the ballot this year and uh, get us that win that we're all looking for. Well, I don't know, Steve. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be that simple because, see, I'm looking at the uh, the local radio personality category. Yeah. Here's uh, here's who we're running to get up against, okay? Uh, Rory Tedimer. Who is that? I, Rich Tedimer's Is it Rich Tedimer's kid? <laughs> I, don't I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't uh, know, yeah. All right, Leah Rance. From across the hall. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, she's a nice lady. Yeah. Uh, Monty, who... Uh, Monty Belmonte, who doesn't even work for... Well, he works at NPR now. He yeah, doesn't work okay. for us. And then the, uh, and then, uh, then the, the next uh, nominee for the Best of the Valley mm-hmm. Advocate, uh, Best Local Radio Personality, yeah. is um, 
Bax and O'Brien. Who's that? <laughs> what? I don't know. Have, have just... these folks not figured out over uh. the last couple of years that there have been a little few changes around here? Like, that they're, like they're still putting that up as a voting option? Like it's been two years already? It's oh. like, uh, okay. Finger on the pulse up there. That's, I'll tell you what, they're, they're right on it, aren't they? Well, how does that make me feel? <laughs> My name's I, not hey, on. I don't, I don't know how it makes you feel, but get out of that chair. Somebody's yeah, coming know, in. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, a hot yeah. seat right there. Seat, We've got yeah. a special guest coming in. <laughs> well, listen, if uh, if you feel like it, you can go on the uh, valleyadvocate.com and vote uh, for your favorite radio personalities. Uh, you can, you can uh, also write in uh, a, nomina- a nominee. Yeah, but, I mean, but who's writing? I mean, when somebody's going through this thing, they're just like, okay, yes, that's a good, uh, that, you know, because uh, down to the, the, the TV personalities. Local TV, Sierra Speller, Dave Madsen, and Brian Lapis. Those three. That's it? That's well, all you, you can, have to choose you from? You can write in. I would go for that uh, Abby Carnivale. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah, Abby Carnivale all day long. I don't know her, but I'm writing in Sonia Baghdadi as long as they're yeah, current right. with everything. <laughs> as long as they're current with everything, that's what does it? Doesn't anybody look at these categories when they're putting this magazine together and say, hey, this guy doesn't work here anymore? Yeah. Ciara Speller, Brian Lapis, and Dave Matson. One of them has been retired for a couple of years now. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm doing this right now. But John Quill. All right. <laughs> right. All right. But to Madsen's credit, at least he's still on TV. Yeah. True. That is true. And I guess the other guy is still in somewhat capacity of radio, just not on this particular station. That's true. All. So but, but it's but the title is is, is, is the show that was here two years ago. And this is just my continuing uh, uh, annoyance of yeah. local media not paying attention to what's going on around them. I'll tell you what. Yeah. This is the kind of thing that might. You get no respect. That might uh, affect their credibility. Perhaps. Uh, local meteorologist, by the way. Jenna Brown, Brian Lapis, and Dave Hayes, the weather nut. So Brian Lapis gets two names on the uh, Yes. On the category? Yeah. Because he's Lapis. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Well, that's not cool. He should only be eligible for one. Who does that guy think he is? <laughs> just, just ask him. He'll be happy yeah. to tell you. He'll have you sit down and tell you a few, a few, uh, two, a few tales. All right, get there. Valleyadvocate.com. I'm, uh, I'm, lo- I'm looking here. You're not even nominated under DJ. Yeah, I know. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even on the list anymore. I don't even think they have a comedian category. They should have a comedian category. Yeah, you know, that would be. Uh, yeah, that would be you and everybody else. Well, let's have some fun. If they don't have a comedian category, if everyone wants to write me in for <laughs> handy person, best handy yeah, person. Right. Yeah, you're pretty handy. Yeah, it's eight fifty eight with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Rock one hundred two. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 9-11 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be cloudy today with a high of 39. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 38. It's 25 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, I, oh, you know what? I was going to tell Marty this because I don't think he was listening this morning about the comedy posters. Oh, yeah. So I have a, I have a show coming up on the 20th at yeah. the Elks Club. I and know. Uh, the guy you put me in contact with to do the poster 
did an amazing job Larry, like, putting those posters together. It looks like a real professional show, even yeah. though it's really not. Uh, but <laughs> but it's a uh, but it, but it looks good, you know. But I used the, the headshot I used was from seventy one pounds mm. ago, and all these people that I've been running into going, dude, you got to change that picture, man. You don't look anything like uh, you do in that in that photo. Well, then I'm doing this other uh, uh, show in February for, with Rafi Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's down at White Lion. And somebody, whoever put the poster together, took the picture of me in the tuxedo from the Bright Nights Ball ah. and put it on the poster. And I'm like, wow, that looks uh, svelte and suave yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and everything else. And I'm like... <laughs> We were talking, Bax and I were talking this morning, maybe I should start wearing the tuxedo to shows. Well, I was going to say to you, the only problem with using the tuxedo poster is the message that you're communicating subliminally is that this is a very formal show. Yeah, but that's the whole idea. Yeah, you but you see, you got you know, you got Rafi Gonzalez are... on the bill too, mm-hmm. and, right. and Rafi kind of dresses down a little bit. Rafi's yeah. just going to wear a baseball cap backwards, right. a halfway decent shirt, a pair of jeans. Right. right. And if right. I wear a tuxedo, and it you, makes the appearance that I'm going to be uh, speaking elegantly. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm really just going to come out. You and talk worry about, about people being like, ah, you know, you got to tell people now when you're plugging it. This is not a formal engagement. You can dress however you want. See, I think you need a hook. I think you need uh, like a like a like a like a catch you know, like a like a catchphrase or something you know like a Suck like a, like what are you or like a, <laughs> how you doing something like that yeah. hey oh, yeah. zing, wow wow you yeah. if you're able to see to, to me the problem with comedy today and maybe you, I don't know if you know this you know back uh, when I was young you know <laughs> all comics wore a tuxedo they were on the uh, Tonight Show they wore a tuxedo yeah you know, when Shecky Green was on TV. <laughs> Dude wore, wore the tuxedo. Dean Martin Rose. Oh, I don't think Dean Martin ever had casual uh, a casual attire ever. Nope. Always wore yeah, but, the tuxedo. But you you should be the one that brings that back to comedy. You don't think those uh, the off camera the roasts were uh, really dirty and Dean Martin still wearing the tuxedo? They were wearing the tuxedo. Yeah, but when, uh, when they were doing the real when they were in the real Friars Club when cameras weren't allowed, they're all wearing the tuxedos and they're tearing each other to shreds. I did the Friars Club. Did uh, you? Yes, I did. Uh, I did the Friars Club in New York City. And, you know, that was a big moment for me because that's so legendary. I used to watch those Friars roasts with my dad, you know, so like getting asked to do a show there was kind of an honor. And I got, you know, I'm staying, my hotel was like four blocks away. I walk over to the thing early to get there and check out the lay of the land. I was so embarrassed because they were like, sir, could you wait here? We'll have to get you a jacket. They had to get me a dinner jacket or whatever to put on. Yeah. Because it's a jacket-only club, and I felt like a scumbag. So while I agree with you on the tux thing, I can promise you this. You know what else hasn't really changed since that era is the pay in comedy. (laughs) And if you think for one goddamn second I'm getting up in the morning and being like, I got a show tonight, let me press my tux and get it ready, you're high. Well, I, I, I do shows sort of infrequently right now yeah i could uh, you know with three back. weeks time We're talking between, about doing some stuff you know i wouldn't show up to an open mic in a tuxedo but why I would, not uh, yeah i guess that actually would why be a not good idea. you're yeah. the only guy in a tux to me you're bringing class and dignity to uh to local comedy i'm gonna show up at the nook tomorrow night in, in uh, a tux. tuxedo <laughs> yeah listen i think i can speak on behalf of every comic which is if you show up in a tux 
everyone's going to be like, look at this moron. All the more reason yeah. for All you to wear the tux. To yeah. Yeah. You, you stand out. Yeah. You, listen, you go to like an open mic night. You see 15 comics. You didn't laugh once. You can hear like a mouse piss on cotton from a mile away. But you'll remember the one guy in the tux. Well, yeah, the one guy in the tux was pretty good. <laughs> the guy in the tux. Yeah. Well, listen, Joey's room is uh, is is awesome. That's actually a fun mic, right? Oh, it it's is. a yeah. lot. Um, you wouldn't be that far out of character because I went, I try to go there when I can, you know, if like loft ends early or whatever, I would try to zip mm -hmm. over and do a spot. I did a show and there was a kid, uh, in an all black sequence, uh, bodysuit. Mm -hmm. And he also had a complete head that went on and it had two big ears that stuck up straight. Okay. And his name was Bat Boy. Bad boy. Bad boy. Uh, he was a character. And uh, he was he was funny, funny kid. But he was doing a joke about how, because um, it was about LGBT and, and saying, you know, be who you are and this and that. And, of course, everyone applauds there. It's kind of, you know, that's the vibe there. It's a really kind of uh, welcoming open mic and he was like and be who you are and don't let anybody tell you why they're lying and i was like woo and he gets off stage and then i go up and i'm like did you just tell everyone to be who you are but you're wearing a complete superhero costume including a mask so no one knows who you are well we all have different messages <laughs> yeah, like to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's kind of the way it goes i, I don't maybe a car i should do hey maybe mark from west springfield could be a comedian he could. You know what I mean? That, guy's got that, some, that guy knows how uh, how to spin a joke. <laughs> yes, he, he showed up a couple of live shows before. Uh, he did. With a wig and a, and a hat or uh, glasses. Mm -hmm. I think maybe, uh, maybe we can make an appearance with him. Listen, I think when you guys, <laughs> I told him, I think when you guys uh, inevitably win the Valley Advocate poll. You mean Bax and his former <laughs> co-host win the Valley no, Advocate? No, I think. Yeah. I think <laughs> From two years ago. Yeah. I think you should clear it with said former co-host and come in in a full wig and costume and work on oh, your. Oh, just pretend like I'm the. Yeah, I, I listen. I've uh, I was an understudy for 18 years. <laughs> I think I can do it. <laughs> you just gotta hate things. Yeah. <laughs> it's 918. Like everything with Bax and Nagel and Marty Caproni on Rock 102. It's